Welcome back, everyone, to the Rogue Retro Smackdown review here on the Rogue Opinions Podcasting feed. I am your regular host, Scott McLeod, and I continue on my quest, the quest I only started two weeks ago, to find uh, a new co-host, as me and Sam agreed that, you know, we schedule-wise it wasn't compatible to keep going doing this, but we hope we're, we're still holding him back for King of the Ring and the occasional pop-in every so often, and that'll be nice to have him. So Nathan was on last week, and... Uh, yeah, he and I can't be around each other for a regular period of time, so he, I think he, both he and I know that this wasn't sustainable. So I gotta think, who else can I get in my admittedly very small list of contacts, <laughs> podcasting-wise, to do this with me? I thought, someone I've had on before, I only had him on a, f- a, lot, a few episodes back to do a watch-along, but now he's doing an actual review of, of SmackDown. He's somebody who, you know, if I ask him to do a thing, he'll probably do it, because, you know, that's what happens when you have a reliable co-host. <laughs> And, you know, we'll see how this episode goes. Maybe he'll stick around. But you'll, you'll, you'll have heard him on the Rogue Beans feed because my other podcast that he's on with me, on Balls Rowland Podcast, is also on this feed. He is, of course, the other half of that. He's the Paul. He's Paul Brown. Hello, Paul. Hey. Welcome to, back to the Smackdown review. It's been a while. Oh, indeed, but happy to be here, Scott. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, last couple of times I've had you on, you've been here. You've been here. We did a watch along for Insurrection. Then a while later, we came back for the post-Judgment Day episode of SmackDown. We that's, did indeed. That's you found a letter. We, I did. I found it way down the back of the couch. Yes, Paul was very distraught before the show. He could not find a lighter. I, I went and made quite a quite an emphatic statement when I realised I did not have one. Ah. Paul is a very simple man. He needs a few things to get through the average recording, and this is one of them. Yes, I need, I need fire for my cigarettes. <laughs> Anywho, you know... It's gonna be very. Interesting. How did you find the experience of you know we 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 watch res- we watch wrestling and after review we do we have many different wrestling like retro reviews on our show we do we do so how did you find it for this one particularly you know rather than watching it you know with me because this is just a re- an episode of like weekly television well uh, in regards to the show I was on mm-hmm. I must say I I did quite enjoy it. I was a little I was a little rabbit in the headlights when <laughs> when I when you had to go and relieve yourself and I was like ha huh, okay. Cool. It was it was a long show at that point. I held it as long as I you could. You did, you did. I, d- I did not do terribly, but I did not do great. But hopefully I, I will redeem myself somewhat <laughs> in this episode. Yes, I won't bugger off to the toilet midway through this recording. <laughs> <laughs> I listened back to it. It was like, it was like when, when Wayne gets fired midway through that episode of Wayne's World and Garth left on his own, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. <laughs> and then later on goes, well, you know, I handled it pretty well. <laughs> No, I, I did feel it got a little. Yeah, I handled it very well. It's going to be interesting if I can get you on a more regular basis because the big thing with me and, and Sam is, <coughs> is that we used to do episodes that were like two and a bit hours long for like weekly episodes of SmackDown. Yeah. Then because Sam insisted on making so many notes and wouldn't shut the fuck up. And then I would get. That's co- very to a point. Uh, well, well, it's, you know, the, the abridged it is, version. It is what it is. The abridged version. Uh, and then I would get caught up in a point you made, and that would extend the length of the show. I thought, who can I get to, you know, I definitely, I can definitely trust the shows won't go two and a bit hours long when they shouldn't be. Oh, yeah. I know, Paul. Yeah, well, I think if, you, if any of the. If any of the show's listeners listen to our show also, yeah. you know, I hope you do. You know. 
if you haven't yet, check it out. After you've we're, listened to this. After you've listened to this, but we're, we're really good too, so check yeah. us out. Obviously, if you listen to the show, you'll know that that comment I made about the show not going overly long with Paul being on it is very much tongue-in-cheek. Oh, very, very much so. We we, we do, uh, as the title says, we do ramble on. Oh yeah, the last couple of months especially, the amount of episodes going yeah. way past the two-hour mark has really, really increased. I, th- I think that does, and this, this is a positive, I think, Scott. I think that comes down to the, you know, the... Mm-hmm. The good, the good back and forth we have on the show. We we generally get into so many tangents, you know. Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to carry that over here to to SmackDown. So we're here to talk about the June fifteenth episode of SmackDown, Paul, from two thousand, from the year two thousand. Yeah, uh, you were here for an episode a couple of weeks ago. It was the uh, episode just following Judgment Day, so you've missed like two weeks of television. But God, so much happens yeah. in just two weeks that, in this era. That was also the year I finished high school. Oh. <laughs> also the year I finished high school so Just a quick uh, thing Because you never know if this is someone's first episode Or whatever So, like Of the series Because you never know if they've listened to the, last, the previous episodes But uh, oh, You have mentioned in the past couple of times you've been on So just in a bridge version You've said that around this time you were watching kind of less wrestling And you were more into your, your music your, Yeah, yeah, I was, I was more so like Because I'd, I'd gotten my music sort of Later stages of high school You know, like mm-hmm. well into my heavy metal and shit uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so at the time I was a bit of a maiden freak, you know. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I was listening to Iron Maiden. I was not watching wrestling. Uh-huh. I get more into it again when my younger brother he he started watching it around about the time Cena was yeah. getting into, like when Cena was US champ and whatnot. So when I kind of picked up on it again and watched bits here and there, but I really got back into it when I started watching Impact on Challenge. <laughs> yeah. You know. That was something like that was something new to me, you know. I was like, "Ooh, cool!" Yeah. And then through that, I started to find out more about things like EC Dub, and because I really, when I was watching it in my at my peak of watching it, mm. I was only really watching like tapes, you know, yeah. and like golden era and maybe a bit of new gen, you know. Well, I think that's the thing with ECW is that you know it was playing to a small like it was playing to a niche audience in America. So imagine being over here in the UK. Try to get your hands on a bit of ECW. Must yeah. have been even more of a struggle. I suppose you would have had to have been like a sort of wrestling fanatic in that era. Unless, to you're, have it. unless you're probably like doing the research to and then searching for a avenue to watch it, and you probably won't find. Well, it. that's what I mean. Like you yeah. know, you get your wrestling obsessives nowadays. You yeah. know, be a wrestling obsessive then. You know, mm-hmm. like and all the Japanese stuff and whatnot. You know. Yeah, I understand. So yeah. It'll be, interesting. It'll be interesting for you, Paul, I think, if because uh, there's stuff around this area that I remember, either I've seen like stuff on tapes from pay-per-views, or yeah. there are like, not moments of these eras that everybody kind of knows about. But again, it's, it's watching the week-to-week stuff that you get to see little things that kind of go, that kind of pass people by. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I think it's interesting, you know, for both of us to discover different things that we may have forgotten or didn't know about if you if you do stick around on a more long-term basis on this show. <laughs> well, I hope I do. I hope yeah. I do. Got my fingers crossed. Yes. You know. <laughs> Paul, Paul is being welcomed here into the Smackdown Hotel, which is, admittedly, since Sam Leto, he was starting to clean up. It's went into a bit of disarray, so, Paul, I'm sorry for the... Sorry for the mess here in the SmackDown hotel room. Oh, so, hey, it's cool. Um, <laughs> it's no big. Just be, just be careful when you go through that room there. There's jam in the bath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm eating scrambled egg with a cone from a shoe. <laughs> I, would, I would provide you more to eat here in the SmackDown hotel, but the kitchen is a mess right now. I went in there, there's shin bandages next to the cheese. <laughs> oh, wait, we're getting so many, through so many of our classic... 
television comedy quotes yeah. from black books. Oh, oh, you gave the game away. I was going to ask people, like, how many, I don't know what the Rogue Pines audience know, how many people are the Venn diagram, what listen to Rogue Pines, also happen to know what black books is, I was ah. interested to know. Well, if we know what black books is, do we know the actors? Hmm. If you know? you know the actors, or if you knew the references before we even explained them to you, you know, then, Let us know. then gold star to you. Yeah. So, Paul, you know how I like to give you background info whenever we we record stuff about a retro pay-per-view oh, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Obviously, like, I don't get, usually have that much information about these outsides madam, but, you know, because on our show we recently covered uh, Bugs Life and I had to give you information yeah. about box office and, and stuff like that. That. Was, that was really fun to find out, though. It was, it was quite fun, you know, making fun of ants. <laughs> Which, if I remember rightly, barely made barely made what it cost to make Bugs Life. Pretty much, you yeah. know, it was. It, and then you told me about the whole back and forth between the guy that made Ants and mm-hmm. the guy that made Bugs Life, and oh, you stole that from me, no, fuck you, you stole it, you know. But reviewing the film was a lot of fun. I must admit, it's a great film. What? So it got me thinking. Maybe I can start bringing a little bits of info of, of the week of two thousand. Uh, yeah. To these episodes going forward, so yeah. I tried to look up little bits of info, Ooh. and uh, I wanted to do like, oh, what's the top film? I don't know the US number one film, but apparently, uh, it's in the f- six of seven week run at the number one in the UK box office currently in this week of two thousand. Gladiator is the number one movie in the UK. Gladiator, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I was also going to look up the number one song, even though I'm not a music guy, so I don't know what, what's happened uh, each era, which I'm probably not going to bring the number one music or number one song each week, but at this point, it's something by Muse, so... Muse? Yeah. God, you know, everybody loves Muse, but I just, I never ever go into them. You know what I mean? I, I get we're talented and shit, but I just, you know that way sometimes yeah. you, just, you just don't feel a band. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Weirdly, what's even weirder is the five weeks before that, the number one song in the UK was Britney Spears. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> so going from that to yeah, news, yeah. what a shift in two thousand. I'll, I'll not. I probably won't be doing the number one songs anymore. It's just a one week thing. All I'll say is that December two thousand is weirdly dominated by the Baja Men's "Who Let the Dogs Out" and yeah. and that year's Christmas number one, which was Bob the Builder. <laughs> Good God! <laughs> Fucking two thousand man. The fact that Neil Morrissey got a number one. Hmm. Well, Bob the Builder got number one. <laughs> Good God, man. Uh, if I talk about movies, a day up. Do, do you know who was number one the year I was born? Do tell. Uh, don't quote me. I, I may be wrong because I'm a little. You as know, as in the month or like the week? Well, I just, I just mean in the general. Like, yeah. I think in the month or the day I was born or some shit like that. My mum told me, you know. Yeah. I think it was Stevie Wonder. Wow. Who was number one when I was born? I think. Mm. Fair enough. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't don't quote me on this. Weirdly enough, '96. It might have been Mariah Carey around that time. She was doing something in '96 during the time I was born, which maybe goes a long way explaining that and how much my mum plays that one Christmas song every year. No, it I goes a long squawks. It, uh, what, uh, it goes a long way to explain why I fucking hate Mariah Carey. That goes a long way to explain why most people hate Mariah Carey, Scott. I I worked for six weeks in ASDA during Christmas time one year. That song played at least three times every fucking day. It really, I already it, just, hate, it destroyed your soul, didn't I it? I already hated her before I started. <laughs> but when you really hated her. Like, like a woman walked by. I was, I don't know if she noticed I'd rolled my eyes when the song came on. She, and she like, also was sick of the Christmas at that point. Like, oh, it's the same one, isn't it? I joked to her, like, third time to bloody day, love. 
And she laughed. Why talk about movies? The day after the Smackdown came on uh, in the US, a little film called Shaft, uh, a sequel to the 1970s film starring Samuel Jackson as the nephew well, to the original Shaft. Was it not? No, no, wait, no it was no, a sequel, he, but he, he was, was a, he the was nephew. He was a kid. He was a kid of the nephew. Yeah. And then they would do a one in twenty team where they'd have Samuel Jackson kids, so they'd have Brown Tree, Samuel Jackson, and that guy in the one film in twenty nineteen. Oh, I forgot they'd done that one. Yeah, yeah. But I, I remember I had you know the one that came out at this point. Yeah, I had that on VHS, right, no. and I remember watching it, thinking Christian Bale was an utter bastard in it. He, he's a good utter bastard. To oh, be honest, and like a fantastic actor, but he was. An, I mean, this was like he's like Percy in the Green Mile. I mean, this would have been about the same year that he did American Psycho, which would be his first my major breakout role, I think, in the US at least. Yeah, well, I remember the first movie role I remember him from was Velvet Goldmine. Yeah, you told me about this yeah, one. Where he plays a, bise- a bisexual journalist that has a sex scene with Ewan McGregor. As you do. Now that's on a podcast, Christian Bale. Now everyone will know. Ha 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 ha. <laughs> Not a fan of that film, is he? No, I don't know. He's, he's probably very proud of it. I don't know. Who does? You need to ask him. I enjoy the film. If I ever met him, I would get him to sign it. People are probably wondering, why are you mentioning Shaft with Samuel Jackson? Well, maybe, or maybe not. Maybe it'll come up later on in this episode for whatever reason. Maybe. You'll, you'll have to stay tuned. Uh, I thought, okay, what else is happening in wrestling this week? The weekend, the Sunday before this, WCW put on... Was like, dying very slowly. Oh, it was dying a very painful, painful what, 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 what calamitous bullshit were they doing at this particular point? I'll tell you, they held, they held the Great American Bash. Ooh, and that at one point was a very highly regarded pay per view, wasn't it? It would be at the one last point. It would be the last WCW version of the pay per view until the WWE started bringing it as a regular thing for the SmackDown brand in two thousand and four. It was My meant, God, it was meant to come back in two thousand and three because of Hulk Hogan doing his Mister America thing. Yeah, yeah. But Hogan left <coughs> before that, so they went with Vengeance that year instead. Yeah. So let me uh, run you through the card. For, uh, the last bash. great American bash of WCW. <clears throat> Tarvo Guerrero wrestling under the name Lieutenant Loco because he was part of that group Misfits in Action. Which also, oh, this is like six months before. Mind you and I did a WCW pay per view, unfortunately. We had to cover that. sold out? We, we, did, we did Starcade 2000. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is just six months before that. That was This is the group led up by Hugh Morris as Gen, General Rection, basically. Who was Hugh Morris again? Build them all, fat guy. Oh, build them all. Fired from being a from being a trainer for being a prick to people. Aye, aye, cunt. Aye, it's like he defeated Disco Inferno to retain his cruiserweight championship. Uh, he was a cruiserweight champion. Uh, Chavo was. Oh, Chavo was right, right. He retained right. the cruiserweight championship over Disco Inferno. Chronic Brian Adams and Brian Clark, the former Atom Bomb and Chris, respectively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, defeated Big Vito and Johnny the Bull to become number one contenders for the WCW Tag Team Championships. Way, I know Big, Big Vito. Who's Johnny the Bull? They're just guys who'd go on to be in like the FBI and yeah. the WWE version. No, I know Big Vito and Little Guido. You know, yeah. these two, by the way, Vito and Johnny the Bull were co-WCW Hardcore Champions because in the Go Home Nitro, uh, with help from other members of the New Blood, uh, Eric Bischoff beat Terry Funk for the Hardcore Belt, and then Eric Bischoff gifted the belt. To Vito and the Bills to join the Bill and Vito were the cool hardcore so, champions. So, so instead of having what may have been a good match, maybe a triple threat for that hardcore belt with Big Vito and uh, Johnny LeBill and Terry Funk, which would probably have been a pretty decent match, they had Eric Bischoff beat Terry Funk 
and then handle belt to them as co-champions. Because, yeah, like, as many as it was, Sherry Fung was still entertaining to us. Jesus, like, man. He was still entertaining at that point, you know, on Starcade well, 2000. Well, Terry Funk. On Starcade 2000, he fights, like, Crowbar. I remember when we did Starcade 2000, I remember knowing that was one of two good matches on that fucking show. Mm. Also, we've got Mike Awesome defeating DDP in an ambulance match. Not a regular ambulance match, where you know, you put them in the back of the ambulance. No, you have to beat them up and have some attendance and strap them to a gunny, then roll them to the... I know how the match ended, how DDP lost. You had Canyon there, who had a, a neck brace on because at the Slamboree pay-per-view, during that triple cage match with David Arquette and Jan and everything, uh, uh, Canyon got thrown off the cage onto the ramp by... By Mike Awesome, they claimed, oh, Canyon's career is in jeopardy in kayfabe. By yeah. the way, that was a year on, and in the same arena, that fall from the cage, at the same arena, and a year on from the Owen Hart thing. It was oh, in the same arena. arena. The same arena. And they done a spot like that. And then a month, <laughs> like a month and a half later, at this pay-per-view, Canyon suddenly stands up from the wheelchair, cutters DDP off the, key, off the stage, and then helps get him on the stretcher, and that's how Mike Awesome wins. Do you know, at that point, I fucking, like, I, I know I didn't really focus at that point, but I did hear about WCW, like, how could you know? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I fucking despised what WCW had become. Mm-hmm. And I hate I hate to, like, swear, you know what I mean, but... Oh, you can swear on this. Oh, I know, but it's just, like, it sucked at that point, you know? Oh, it did. It really sucked, and it was sad to see, because, like I say, a lot of the tapes I rented when I was younger... Well, like WCW tapes, you know, yeah. like Suffer Sting and <laughs> yeah. Mean Mark Callis oh, yeah, with Paul E, Paul E Dangerously, mm-hmm. you know, fucking Paul Heyman with severe 80s mullet, you know, mm-hmm. and the giant phone, <laughs> and Big Van Vader when he used to wear the big, you know, the big fucking uh, yeah. like, helmet thing that steamed yeah. and shit. Make him seem like a cartoon villain. Uh, it looked really cool. Like, when I was younger, I was like, my Christ, he's so cool, <laughs> you know. But, like, I watched that era of WCW and you see it become, you know, that. You're like, for fuck's sake. All these, I've read you just the first three of ten matches on the show. How like, fucking long did it last? Like, what was the runtime of the pay-per-view? Uh, I don't know the interview. First match was four minutes, 57. Nine minutes, 20 for the tag match. Ambulance match went nine minutes, 41. Then 13 minutes, 58, which is a long for WCW in 2000, especially when Russo's booking. G.I. Bro, which is Booker T. Yeah, I knew, I knew that. Defeats Sean Stasiak in a boot camp match. Good God. In eight minutes, Shane Douglas defeats The Wall in a tables match. Not just any tables match. It was the best of five tables. We basically had to get your put guy through opponent, your opponent through a table three times. So what does Shane Douglas do? They go for some weird contraption with three tables stacked up. And he threw the wall off a really tall ladder through all three tables. Ah, oh, well. And he won. Anyway. Oh. Scott Steiner... Defeats Rick Steiner and Tank Abbott in a handicap asylum match. Me thinking, what's an asylum? Match? It was a t- a tiny key that went down inside the ring, like an octagon, but smaller and shitter and more confined. Where you can't do anything because Tank Abbott was meant to be some kind of MMA guy, even though he was shit. <laughs> and Vince Russo wanted Vince Russo pretty much got sent home for just just for just suggesting how you get pushed to the world title. The Steiner one. Oh, this is a long ass description of what the stipulation for this match was, right? Do tell. Hulk Hogan defeats Billy Kidman in a match where <clears throat> uh, if Hulk Hogan won, he would become the number one contender for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And if Hogan lost, he would have to retire. Horace Hogan is the special guest referee. Oh. 
Did Hogan win then? Oh yes, of course he fucking did. And you know, Hulk Hogan won. Also, Horace Hogan, if you could say that, turned on Hogan. You know his kayfabe uncle, or maybe actually, I think he actually has real life related. I can't remember if they're real or kayfabe relatives, but turned on to join the New Blood, and he got put as the supposed biased referee, only to swerve. He's actually on Hogan's side, mm-hmm. which was the second swerve involving Hogan and Horace they've done in in eighteen months because they did a summer thing with Horace getting beat up by the end of York before Hogan's match with Warrior in Halloween Havoc in 98, only for, only for Horace to come out and hit the Warrior with the lightest chair shot you've ever seen in your life. Do you know, uh, I hate to cut in because I'm loving this info, Yeah, but you know, you know I'm pretty proud of my collection, right? Mm-hmm. It kills me I don't have a machine at the moment to watch it, but you know that is one tape that I hate that I don't have in my collection. What is it? Halloween Havoc 98. I definitely think we should review that at some point. I think we should, but by God, if I could find that tape. I've found copies, but only American tapes. Mm-hmm. And you know, what the fuck's the point of having the tape in your collection if you can't enjoy the tape? Know. You know, it, 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 it doesn't seem, it doesn't compute to me, you know what I mean? I get these people that have collections and we, do, we just don't touch them. We're like, oh no, we can't touch the collection, but fuck off, enjoy the thing. You know? Do you know how this feud was born in, kind of, in real life? Like, obviously, in Kayfabe, it was like basically the idea of all these young guys and the new try to call it their legends and everything. Yeah. In real life, in like February or something like that, Logan went on a radio show and it was starting slagging the young guys and they were basically saying that they couldn't draw. Yeah. And he named Billy Kidman specifically. Oh, fuck. So I take it Billy Kidman and him had legit beef with well, well, I'm not, I'm sure Billy Kidman didn't like it, but Vince Russo particularly seen that and thought he loves the idea of turning you know real-life issues into storylines. Yeah, because Vince was just a fud. Oh, also because I'm sure Hogan saw that someone else was doing a retirement thing and clearly thought, <coughs> I need to do one as well. In mm. a match where Flair lost, he would have had to retire. He won, by the way, so Good. he didn't have to retire. He defeated his son, David Flair. Oh, with with a free fun thing, both Reed Flair, his now late son, yeah. and uh, his future Charlotte Flair, Ashley Flair, is sitting. We're, we're both sitting in the front row. Jeez. Yeah. So Charlotte Flair appeared on a WCW pay per view in the year two thousand. Was she very young then? Yes, she was. Uh, was. Was Charlotte Flair? You remember his match with Vince mm. when his family was at ringside? Yes. Was she there then? I'm sure. Uh, I don't know. I know she was there at the ringside during his farewell match against Sean. Yeah. And then they were there for the next day on Earth, they go home. Then there was the Human Torch match. Oh, for fuck's sake, who wrestled that? Vampiro and Sting. Vampiro won. It's basically, it's an Inferno match, basically. And it involved Sting and Vampiro wrestling up on the on, on top of the scaffold and right above the entranceway, right? Mm. And then suddenly, Sting disappears, and then in comes a, a guy who's maybe a guy a stuntman dressed as Sting. He gets set on fire for Vampiro to win. And then takes a big tumble off the stage. Cool. Oh, and do I know the biggest? I see the biggest example of fuckwittery for for the end. I like that terminology, Lewis. Thank Scott. you. Fuckwittery. I'm sure I just made that. It works very well with late stage WCW. WCW World Champion Jeff Jarrett, you know, main guy, crown jewel of the new blood, you know, Vince Russell's boy and everything, defeats Kevin Nash in a match that went 17 minutes 22, which is long for that game for that era, with Ernest Cat Miller as a special guest enforcer, and Jarrett lost because Gold, or Jarrett won because Goldberg, who the new blood tried to keep out because he was, uh, seemed like he was hell bent on getting it back at the heels. Goldberg light comes in the ring, he lines up Jarrett for a spear, he spears Kevin Nash and turns heel. <laughs> 
they turned Goldberg heel, which is seen as one of the biggest mistakes of this era, because the fans were actually still hot for Goldberg, because like, they were teasing like Goldberg, this wrestler's got extra security around the arena, he doesn't want Goldberg to get in the arena, and everybody's cheering, like, they're, what, they're waiting during the main event, Goldberg's going to show up, he's going to spear everybody, he's going to kill them all, mm. like, so we build up fan anticipation, build them up, build them up, he's a heel now. <laughs> and so, I mean, yes, it got a, a reaction, it got booze, people hated it, but not for the reasons I'm sure Vince Russo wanted them to hate it. Yeah. It was a proper, no, fuck you, we hate that, this is go away heat kind of thing. That's a wrong thing to have done. So yeah, WCW continues to die on its arse while, while the WWF, you know, well, Paul, you were saying to me, you know, we'll get into more reasons why, but you weren't as much of a fan of this episode as the last episode you were on. I wasn't overly, no, like, I've, I haven't, like, I don't really watch this era no, I watch this when we're reviewing or something, you know. Yeah. But I forget sometimes just how much, how many of those run-ins you got, you know. Oh yeah. In this era, and I think in this in this particular episode, and you can correct me later on if I'm wrong, uh-huh. but I think only one match actually comes to a legit finish uh, in this entire episode I think we'll discuss that more as we go through but yeah I mean I've been reviewing this since like the beginning of Smackdown so you know yeah. I'm numb to it at this point yeah but I mean in the whole like I just Vince's character in this time period really 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 grated on me <laughs> you know I, I wanted to kick him right in the balls man. <laughs> you know he's such a cunt <laughs> so, and fucking Bill Buchanan the fuck what? did that come from? What's wrong with Bill Buchanan? I like Bill Buchanan. I have nothing against B squared. Yeah. <laughs> nothing against him, but you know. The father of Brooks Jensen, they now one half of the NXT UK Tag Team Champions because that's a thing now. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so. And the. the and, uh, oh, yeah, and let's not forget DX, you yes. know. Now part of the McMahon Helms regime or as a. Uh, as Christian deemed them the regime, which is a combination yes. of faction and regime. But I think in the terms of DX, I think that is the the, the prime example of scraping the fucking barrel. There, there are very many phases of DX. There's a shot, a delinquent DX. You know, basically a couple of kids. Charlie, Sean, and DX Triple H. Original. I will, I will tell you at this point now, and I know many people will disagree with me or think I'm insane. Mm-hmm. But I personally believe in regards to DX, mm-hmm. the minute Sean gave up the mantle, that, that was DX no more. That's an interesting opinion. I don't know if I've heard many people say that. I know there's some people who don't think that DX were as big a part of the attitude there as WWE like to make them out to be. But there that's may like, be it's a matter people. for debate. But no, I, I believe DX mm-hmm. was a much like a sea gold dust, you know, like a, you know... So a proto actually yeah. there, I think, you sure. know? Like, that, that version of DX, there was a DX arm which starts with Sean Leaves, then they break up for about 99, there's basically, let's help Triple H stay champion. Yeah, that's severe heel DX. And then there is McMahon Helmsley DX, which is this, and then... And, and then, then there's the one with K-Quick. Oh yeah, there's that, yeah. And then yeah. there's a... Then there's the, the Reunion DX. Yeah, we're not going to talk about what well, you mean the old guys wearing in, t-shirts. In 06. And then there's the, another Reunion in 09. And then every 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 retro show. Like, basically, they are like... We, we joke, you joked about like bloody Ric Flair being like the Rolling Stones of wrestling. That's what DX were like. We've got our, we've got our Reunion. And another Reunion. 
And then another one. I let the old six one pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just. <laughs> and that's because I didn't like the Spirit Squad. Oh, yeah. And I did like the childish humour. And they shoved Vince's head up Big Show's ass. Aye. And they only said cock a lot. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed at that, but alright. Cock a lot. But anyway, but like, a deep. Oh, uh, yeah, and they sprayed DX on the coach's arse. Without giving too many thoughts <laughs> about the upcoming. Uh, <coughs> excuse about. me. Without giving too many thoughts <laughs> about the upcoming King of the Ring, which is 10 days from the episode airing here. Yes, indeed. Yes, it is, because mm. we've got one more SmackDown, then it's King of the Ring. But without giving too many spoilers for our pay per view that aired 22 years ago. Uh, 2000 and then plus 20 is 2020 and then two years is 2022 now. Quick maths, Paul. I knew that. <laughs> I can see the wheels turning in your head. Have you smoked weed today? You didn't offer me any. You didn't ask. That's, I'm, why, that's I'm a, why you can do quick math. I'm a guest here, Paul. <laughs> you know, you, you invited me here to record. So you... Yes, you're a guest, so guests... Guests ask. No, a good host offers. I am not a good host. I've noticed. <laughs> I am a mediocre host at best. Well, there's some debate there. Hey. But anyway, my point was going to be, despite all this, I think uh, King of the Ring is pretty much the ending for this version of DX and the McMahon Helmsley kind of regime because Triple H and Stephanie remain a thing on screen. Xbox and Road Dog as a team <laughs> will be over by SummerSlam. Uh, Triple H and Stephanie it's Triple H and Stephanie god damn it Stephanie was a pain in the arse at this point yeah, she was good at it Shane would do his own thing after this Vince would disappear on TV briefly before uh, until like December of 2000 I think he returns uh, and where he wants to appoint a new commissioner we'll get to that yeah. later, in a later date but anyway he uh, and so everyone goes away to do a thing Tori I think her last ever actual appearance is King of the Ring she does appear under a mask, like helping Raven, but she, she's never unmasked to reveal what's mm. story. I just think it comes out later on, like, oh, by the way, that was Tori under the mask. Well, did she, did she leave the company at that point? P- pretty much, yeah. She's did kind she of, leave wrestling or just the company? No, no, she pretty much left wrestling. She went into whole, she went into fitness and yoga and all that stuff. Ah, right. That's right. where she makes her career from now on. Oh, like Trish, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think just there's a whole bunch of other business and other yoga stuff, so... Better she does that. I didn't think she was right for the wrestling business. No, it's your thoughts. Anyway, she doesn't, she's on this show. She doesn't wrestle, but... I know she's on this show. I know. I, I was trying to be polite, Scott. I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying she doesn't wrestle. Don't, don't make me impolite about Trish. I'm not trying to make you impolite. I'm just playing it a thing that happens. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make sure I get a chance at another stint. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens when you go for an interview, like, don't let the real you show. Wait till you get the job and get but three weeks. Then aye. you can be an arsehole to people. Aye, aye. That's how, that's how it works. That's how everybody knows that. Trish Stratus was an awesome person. Weeks later, I fucking hate them. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm man. no keen on her. Let's, let's put it that way. I'm no keen. Mm-hmm. Anyway. But I'm just pointing out, despite this, even this is going, even this is this version's coming to the end. I'm pretty sure our running won't end. Basically, mm, mm. given that the, the following year we had the fucking alliance and everything, that's oh, going to be running central. Sake. I'm not, I'm, I'm not entirely looking forward to that week to week. I mean, how did in this whole era, right? How what is your general viewpoint on the running thing? Do you think it was like overdone to fuck or? Oh yeah, because I mean, 
Yeah, it was cool to see, but you didn't need to see it every goddamn show, you know what I mean? Have a bit of, like, proper finish, you know what I mean? I know, I, I, like, I like it whenever it involves something that's to do with a storyline and everything, and it advances something, that's fine, but it's gotten to the point where I don't, I think 9, 8 and 99 were probably worse for the, the odd run-in in the short, and the bollocks finishes, but... Uh, maybe it's just because I'm numb to it for being on this SmackDown review as long as I have been. Yeah, yeah. But the whole point was, despite all these bullshit finishes, the WF still business-wise can do no wrong, whereas WCW, as I just laid out to you, oh, seemingly yeah. can do no right. They were hemorrhaging at that point. Oh, yeah. Good, like, 600-odd million, I think, is the estimate they lost that year. Yeah, yeah. Also, I say that was the sort of dying embers of the company is a legit company. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, if you're interested in the week this week in the world of wrestling, a press conference is given in Japan after a mass exodus of men, people leaving old Japan, and the the announcement of the creation of pro wrestling Noah is made. Wow. So, pro wrestling Noah, which sexist relationship with people like ROH, would briefly in the mid two thousands become the number one company in Japan before New Japan took over again. And that became number two. Then it, it's kind of slipped in number three with stardom, the always motion guy leaping over it. It's mm. a third division, though. <laughs> well, not a third division, just in terms of overall. In ter- I think it's just in terms of stature, it's like the number three company in all of Japan. But, you know, I think it has its own like following still. And they did a thing with New Japan earlier in the year, like a co branded show. So, yeah. if you're into your Japanese wrestling, that happened this time. 2000. That's really something I should, you know, mm-hmm. at least check out. I've never really took much time for Japanese wrestling, you know? Well, anyway, well it's my duty to then, after all that, bring, bring you up to speed, tell you what happened on Raw, even though it was all recapped on uh, on SmackDown. Yeah. And then Vincent that told you about it again, like, I know, just saw it. But anyway, I'll tell the people who didn't, maybe didn't see it, uh, what happened. Okay. Mm, I've got a lot to get through here. <laughs> The Rock comes out at the start of, uh, since you were last year, Kane's then came back. All three of them won the WF title, and then they did a thing a couple weeks ago in SmackDown, which is actually really good the way they did it, where Kane is offered a match with Triple H. Mm-hmm. If he wins, he uh, gets a, a good chance to be number one contender at King of the Ring. But unbeknownst to him, Vince is offered The Undertaker a match against Xbox and Road Dogg, and if he wins, he becomes the number one contender. Mm-hmm. And then unbeknownst to all of them, Shane said to Edge Christian, okay, if you guys can beat The Rock in a handicap match, you guys become number one contender for the tag tails, but The Rock beats you, he's the number one contender. Mm. And then they all realise, like, well, why did you promise I'm the number one contender? I promised him, what are we going to do? What if they all win? <laughs> and then they all did win. Yeah. Uh, so like, they're all number one contender. Then they try to pit them against each other in a triple threat, where, Vince, where, where Triple H beats the screw over Undertaker and Kane. So The Rock won, and then through screamings, Triple H beat The Rock. Mm. But, but Kane, Undertaker, and Rock are still trying out to get the, the fact sheen and all that. Yeah. And uh, at the end of Smackdown last week, Rock accidentally hit Kane with a chair, but kind of more purposely hit The Undertaker with a chair, because <laughs> The Undertaker had accidentally hit The Rock with the chair on Raw. Yeah. So they're not getting along. The Rock opens the show and says, uh, I've heard that Undertaker, Kane, and even the, the regime, they want to all get back at The Rock. The Rock says, Kane, bring your seven-foot frame. Undertaker, bring your motorbike. Triple H, bring your three-foot nose. <laughs> Rock says, just bring it. <laughs> That's only the second best no- nose joke I've heard tri- Rock ever say about uh, Triple H. Uh, I think it was in 1990, he said, Triple H, you got a four-foot nose, and it's about five foot of Vincent Man's ass. <laughs> That's a good one. 
So then Kane and Integral both kind of out there, put their wall a bit of square off, and then out comes the voice of reason, Linda McMahon, <laughs> who came out to the Raw's War theme for some reason. Because, because she doesn't need to say a fuck on her own. That's how. <laughs> it was so awkward it sounded dubbed in. That's how weird it sounded. <laughs> That's how weird Linda McMahon sounded. And she, in her, in her voice, it sounds as emotionless as the voice I'm doing she right now. She sounds like Sable's ma. <laughs> she does. I know. Sable's a monotone bint and all. Anyway. Uh, she basically says to them, oh, y'all need to join forces against uh, the man Helms the and everything. And out comes Vince McMahon. Basically, Linda, who the hell do you think you are? <laughs> he calls her a shrew as well. Yeah, shrew. And also, all through Ron, all through this smack dude, Jerry Lawler has been going all out on Linda McMahon. What yeah. is she doing? Like, she, should be, she should be, a woman's place is in the home. She should be at home. Like, what is Linda doing? Did she not know the grocery list to be done? A true and everything, and then every Michael Cole and GR keep trying to say, like, she's the CEO of the fucking company, Jerry. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway, he compares her to Hillary Clinton as well <laughs> on Raw. Anyway, so she basically suggests a six man tag match at King of the Ring, which Vincent Mann, against everyone else's wishes, says, We accept. And everyone's like, What the fuck are you doing accepting a six man tag match for you? But basically, Triple like, I don't want to team with you two, you're not wrestlers. And then, and then like Shane and Shane and Vince, oh, like, yeah, Shane yeah, Vince yeah, and Triple yeah. H, like I don't want to team with you two. And then like, Linda's kind of trying to get one of them. Like she makes matches for for a raw. She went, okay, Triple H, you're going to defend your WWE Championship against an opponent of my choosing. And then Triple H goes, fair enough. Triple H doesn't care who his opponent. Triple H's like, I can do. <laughs> and it was oh, and Stephanie, it's about time you defend that women's championship. So you're going to defend it against Lita tonight, mm. which she actually defended against last week because Lita won a battle royal. But then Tori randomly attacked uh, attacked Lita before the yeah. bell. The bell rang, and then Stephanie just covered her like a like bastard. a flat. No, we both had different definitions there. And she then was she a bastard though. Oh yeah, she was. And then she books Shane and Vince and a tables match against the Dudley Boys. Yay. <laughs> Triple H tries to, you know, get convinced Linda, like, oh, come on, come on, tell me, who's my opponent? She went, Hunter, maybe I'll sweet talk my daughter, but I won't work on me. <laughs> and then, so Stephanie's up first against Leah. She comes out in the, uh, on the microphone. She, her promo's almost drowned out, but the fans chanting slut at her. And she went, I am not that horrible word that you yell at me. <laughs> I, for 74 days, I have been your World Wrestling Federation Women's Champ. <laughs> And then Leah comes out, and basically they were told, oh, by the way, for Stephanie's match, no members of the faction can get involved, mm. otherwise Stephanie will be stripped to the title. So I'm thinking, okay, who are they going to get to uh, interfere on behalf of uh, Stephanie, who's not in the faction? The answer? Kurt Angle. Mm. So Stephanie gets knocked down, she pretends to say, oh, my leg, my leg, Kurt. So referee's taking her, Kurt Angle comes in, angle slam on Leah, and then miraculously, her leg is cured. She rolls, rolls in, pins Leah. And then Triple H is so mad yeah, cheering. But then Angle and Stephanie hug and they celebrate. And then a little bit too much for Triple H. Like, and so Triple H is like, oh, hold on, I don't like this. Mm. Just planting the seeds for a feud that will happen in the summer. Mm-hmm. But then, unfortunately for for uh, unfortunately for Linda, she didn't put that rule about faction getting involved for other matches. So the DX get involved and help uh, and help the Mittmans beat the Dudleys at a tables match because Tori does a dive to over the table. Yeah. What they don't show in the video package is that she does a dive that slightly bends but doesn't break and tips over. 
So then she gets back up again and does another splash and that breaks the table. Yeah. But they don't show you that one. They show you the one that worked. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want you to know what fucked up. Uh, the so crowd the, saw it though. Oh yes, they did. And I saw it and I'm telling you now. <laughs> but they decided they want to get back at the uh, at these guys while turn the, the three uh, members of the face team yeah, against, against each, each other. So they think, who's the one we can easily manipulate? Kane. So their big plan, attack Kane, tear his mask off, take a photo of him with his burnt face and basically blackmail <laughs> him saying like, you better be at the rock tonight in a no-holds-barred match, otherwise we'll show your face to the world. That's mm, their plan. That's, that's stupid. It is stupid. <laughs> also, they, they tricked Bill Buchanan into stealing The Undertaker's motorbike because they said, like, oh, you know, The Undertaker, he was supposed to wrestle you tonight, but he says you're not on his level. Oh, they all steal him. And he steals the motorbike when Undertaker comes walking up. So Undertaker just grabs this random guy, throws him out of his car like he's in a little of GTA, <laughs> and steals the man's car and yeah. chases after him. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, he had to go get his bike. Also, while Patterson and Briscoe... <sighs> so while Patterson and Briscoe are on their way to go get the film developed, uh, which really dates this episode, Crash Ollie attacks Briscoe to get back his hardcore championship. Yeah. Which he finally gets after... Patterson accidentally hits Briscoe with a trash can. <laughs> so he gets a pin and he goes, Yay, I got a guy who I, I'm going to go to for protection. I'm never going to lose this hardcore title again. He does that. He accidentally almost leaves it on the t- roof of his car. Starts driving. He's like, Silly me. <laughs> <laughs> so, and Triple H is walking through the back with Stephanie on Raw and he says to him, Why how does this bullshit me defending against uh, Mr. Bond? I'm the game. I'm called the game because I study my points. How can I wrestle someone I can't study ahead of time? <laughs> There's a nice little bit for why, uh, why he's called the game. game. Yeah, And who's his opponent? It's Chris Jericho. Yay. Back when he was good and I cared about him. Yay. Mm. I have a videotape of Chris Jericho from that era, you know. Mm-hmm. A specific Jericho tape. Yeah. 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 It's but, right next to my Shawn Michaels tape. But despite the fact Trouble is clean, I can't say my opponent. He actually dominates the early part of the match. Yeah. And the only reason Jericho turns the tide is because gets up in the apron and wastes time blowing a kiss to Stephanie Yeah. Which allows Jericho to drop kick him and then hit him with a hurricane runner off the top rope. Yep. The referee gets knocked down because of course he does. Uh, he goes to lock the walls of Jericho into Triple H and Stephanie gets involved. He goes to slap Jericho. He grabs her goes to put her on the walls of Jericho. Yep. Triple H grabs the Darius title belt, hits Jericho with the belt. Pedigree, Triple H wins. Uh, and all the mad shit happens as per usual. And then Vince Man, the fans are going to be like, well, I think if you're keeping score, it's you, all you people, and my wife, Linda, and zero, us, three. <laughs> They're all bad. And so Kane does beat up The Rock for a fair bit during this match. He goes to finish him off with a choke slam. And then, of all ways to reveal this, GTV. Yeah. Which hasn't been seen in months. Yeah, because that was a very failed experiment, wasn't it? I think they, I thought they dropped this by now because I think the original plan was for Goldust to come back. I've only seen that it. on Heat, you know. Yeah. So I don't know why they how this goes, but basically it's Patterson and Briscoe back at Haiti, and somehow they fucked up. Like, bad. There's no picture here. Was that the last showing of GTV? I, I it must have been. Yeah, I don't remember after. Uh, so it's been around almost a year's point because I remember there being a GTV thing at King of the Ring '99. Mm. It revealed that Shane McMahon claimed he wasn't medically cleared to wrestle in that match with Austin, teaming with his dad. But then there's a GTV showing them hanging around, hanging out with the uh, with Posse. the Posse. like, oh, we filled all that, and they was like, they were watching the show, like, oh shit, we're on TV. <laughs> so basically, the Rock, the Rock and Kane look at each other like, oh, there's no picture. Then they go, let's start beating 
the fact you know, Undertaker comes back miraculously. He's got his motorbike back. Yeah. The Dudleys come down as well. They bring a table with them. It's a big brawl. And the show ends. Triple H getting double choked on by Kane and the Undertaker through a table. And the was match for Joyce. Hooray. Hey. And then Triple H went, Alright, <laughs> call it a draw. Also, if you're interested, Chris Benoit defend the IC tail successfully against Matt Hardy. Teddy. Uh, <laughs> yes. And what was a decent match? Cool. Which then takes us into the SmackDown intro. Woot woot. How you like that? <laughs> well, I like this that we get the old the classic, the... Like, like the... Just this image is flashing right before we go That's into the... That's a great description, Scott. It really is. Just da, 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 da. And then we go into the... Woody, 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 Will this rank up with, your, with you in terms of the SmackDown intros? That the particular one, the I early like one? the Marilyn Manson one. This will be the one that comes after this. This is in the era of the fist. Yeah, I like the Marilyn Manson one. Of course you do. I, like I had nothing against this one, but I preferred the Marilyn Manson one. Yeah. I like I like the Dragon Pool like, Rise Up. So I think it's Dragon Pool that did it mainly because that's most the, likely that's because that's an era smack that I remember watching as it was happening, or well, most of it as it was happening. Yeah. See, I I I remember I remember the proto attitude. You know, I remember yeah. the, the emergency gold dust and DX and you know Bret Hart getting pissier each episode of Raw. Yeah, being of the beautiful like Maramanti, that was like the raw theme for like three weeks in '97. Only three weeks. Uh, that's a relative length. It was only a couple of weeks, and then it, it went back. Wow, it's so, it was such a big song, you uh, know. And the, but then again, shortly after that, I think it was shortly after that introduction of that, then you get thorn in your eye. So was that Maramanti at all? No, no, no. Oh, uh, uh, you know I love the original one you got on Raw. You know the the no the. Big warehouse and yeah. fucking like Austin walking in the warehouse <laughs> and they're all scrapping in the ring that's on fire and shit. <laughs> and then you get the fucking like shots of like Shawn Michaels covered in blood and shit in the cage match, which is really cool. Well, I love about the SmackDown intro is every so often you see either Bloody Austin or Austin down in a beer, mm. even though he, like you've seen it backlash on weekly TV, he hasn't been seen since November. He hasn't been on SmackDown since November, but you know, we need Was he dealing with injuries at that point? I because maybe he'd been written out with the car thing to yeah, fix his yeah, neck. Yeah, I did it for the rock. <laughs> he, he was fixing his neck well, so he put off neck surgery like he'd really needed like for a long time like, so he went to get the surgery it was basically a point like recoup. it was basically like Austin like we can't put this off any longer like even when I was doing a review watching the weeks leading up to it and how little they actually did when he was about to matches you think like mm. oh he's fucking knackered him uh, he's needing a rest <laughs> uh, like, but he, that was before he came back and won the two little one rumble uh, more, uh, you know? like basically like see go him mate you're knackered mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, was he quite sluggish in ring at that point? Well, not or sl- just small, less moves and such? It was, it was like... A limited move set? Yeah, a limited move set, because he, he was already more of a brawler in his peak, but like even this was like even more, and I was like, how much they were relying on that. So he was just like stopping a mud hole? Yeah, yeah. Throwing the, throwing the you know, the boom, 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 trap no, elbow? Like, he'd been, like, in the last couple of weeks before on uh, Survivor Series, he'd be put to multi-man like, tag matches. And obviously, doing less of the work. I'm, he'd be like on the apron for a good portion of it, but like, either be like tagged in, get the hot tag, or not be tagged in, but then to be a brawl when everyone's coming in illegal and he'd be coming in, dropping some sinners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, see, see after he got the neck injury in the Summerslam match, mm-hmm. 
Did they ever they like use moves like the stun gun and things again after that point, or did they completely change the repertoire after that? I think it was very much a, a, a what you know, like moves like the Thez press and everything like that. He kept everything the elbow. Yeah. I don't remember the stun gun ever being used again. Yeah, because I remember that last being used in the first match against Brett. Mm. It was Survival Series, you know. Yeah, we're getting well off track. We're in Chicago and they're bragging about the success of Charlotte. Thirteen streets sell out in this venue, the Allstate Arena, apparently for the <laughs> WWE. Big long recap. You know how long the recap and then the big introduction with like also the fanning of the crowd, all the ah, signs yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Cole and Jerry. I really uh, I really did love that about that era. All the signs. Well, just that atmosphere, yeah. you know, like the, the full crowd, the pyro, the signs, well, it's super cool. Well, Chicago particularly is known as one of the better wrestling cities in the US. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cole and Jerry welcome us to the show and everything. Uh, I, I, I made sure I checked the time stamp. When Grandmaster Sexy makes his entrance for this opening match, we're already five and a half minutes into the episode. I swear to God, that match annoys me. <laughs> what, this match, yeah? This match annoys me. I love the match. I <sighs> That finish. It was, it was the outcome. The outcome. The finish, man. Even, even if I wouldn't even the outcome. It's just the the way the outcome transpired. You know. Uh, it's Grandmaster Sexy taking on Edge and a King of the Ring qualifying match. They're the last two qualifiers. Was technically, which is technically the first round. Yeah. Calling it qualifiers. And I must say, I love the fact that at this point, look, too cool with the tag champs. It was cool to see Grandmaster come out with a tag belt. And I was did, like, you, ah, did you remember too cool having around the tag belts before you watched the episode? Yeah, I remember. It was little Joey C. It was yeah. a little guy with Kid Rock that helped them beat Edge and Christian <laughs> on a on an episode of SmackDown, wasn't it? Yeah, and they defend the belts three times since they won them, and only a couple of weeks ago. No, who they defend? Fanning against the Hardys, which I uh, know contest because Kane came out and choke slammed everybody. Right. He was annoyed at Triple H. They defended them against uh, Dean Malenko and The Godfather. Did they actually like, pinned that match, like win. Oh, they actually won that one. And then on Raw, uh, I think they went to a no contest against TNA because Trish's other client, or a new client, Val Venus, got involved because he's feeding with Rikishi. Yeah. So then they, TNA and Val beat them down, and then Rikishi comes out to make the save. For, for his two cool brethren. So like, it was two no contests and one pin against the nothing team. Pretty much, yeah. But anyway, but even though those shitty finishes too cool are still insanely over at this point. Oh, hell yeah. Despite man. the hell fact yeah. that, despite the little thing that slightly grates on me, Scotty's wearing his tag belt upside down. I know he's doing it on purpose, but I still don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cause, cause Master, I don't think he... Was he even wearing his, or was he not just holding know. his? I don't remember, but like, it just... Because whenever I see someone with a belt upside down, it reminds me of the time Cali won the world belt. And <laughs> it upside down. And I always hated that. Oh, go on, go on. You can't, you can't fault a big Cali, man. He, he didn't know but He didn't know any better. There were two qualifiers on Raw. Dean Malenko lost to X-Pot, thanks to Road Dogg getting involved. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, right before Jeff's qualifying match against Christian... Uh, obviously, Matt had lost to Benoit. Benoit wouldn't let go of the hold. Jeff comes out to help him, help Matt. Uh, he gets hit with the belt by Benoit and then hits his kind of head off the rope as he goes out. So Christian's like, oh, this match is so in the bag and everything. Yeah. And Jeff catches him with a roll-up very early on and pins him. Yeah. So Jeff get, manages to qualify for the king. So Edge is trying to do better than Christian did on Raw. Yeah, I must say, by the way, I did notice one thing overall in this match when it mm. came to the, the Hardys match against yeah. TNA. Jeff was incredibly, incredibly over with the ladies at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That point where he takes his mesh off and we go insane. It, and they're it, like, oh, fuck. I think it's going to be similar to kind of like the Shawn Michaels 90s part, where he was always a bit more high pitched whenever Shawn came out. Oh, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, only the women at Survivor Series 96. Oh, yeah, especially then. The, the men did not like him then. <laughs> Those with a more deeper voice were like, Sid, fucking get him. Aye, they were like, Sid, kill him. 
kill him. <laughs> oh god, the Poplin said won that match. Every every woman in the crowd was like, no, every guy was like, fuck it, yes. But talking about this match, you know, that you know, it's like, all you grandma says he goes for a draw kill job, but he does we better we better jive yeah, before he does it. R.I.P. Oh yeah, you know, we've been you've talked about him before, Mike, where we talked about the light heavyweight division and everything like <laughs> that he when he fought, you know, Takamichinoku and back in the day. But like took all of it. Grandmaster controls quite a bit of it, then and they say he gets sent to the steps by Edge at one point. Yeah. It's a very nice looking sunset flip powerbomb by, by Grandmaster off the top. Oh yeah, he was always he was always really good in ring Grandmaster. Yeah. You can see Christian go to get on the top rope and Scott gets involved and then they're both scrapping but oh, the referee yeah. just gets distracted very easily. Also, I've noticed whenever because Scotty's going to come out later on. Whenever like when it's actually about the match and spot, I keep Scotty. But if I'm typing out the actual match name or who's involved, mm. I type out his full name. When I type it Scotty Too Hot, I I always put the number two rather than just the number writing it T W O. Damn like, right. Like it's it, that's how he's that's how he's called that's on. It's always spelled Scotty Too, too Hot. <laughs> anyway, so and it's grand. It's not Grandmaster Sexy. It's Grandmaster Sexy. I always love the way Grandmaster sucks at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love also the, also the still not mentioning that he's Jerry's kid, but I like that the Michael Cole acknowledges it. Oh, oh, can you, Jerry Lawler? Imagine, you know, I think Grandmaster will look good with a crown, and he said, oh, chip off the old black, eh, King? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's hit the, the hip hop drop, the, the leg drop, or the Tennessee Jam, as it used to be called. That was when he was just Brian you know, Christopher. Brian Christopher. But then in comes Shane McMahon to whack. And with a chair because he wants a favour from Edge Christian later on, so he helps Edge qualify here. We prick. And Edge crawls over the cover, pins Grand takes it. But also, what this also serves is the fact that since they lost the belts, Edge Christian have been complaining that they haven't got the rematch yet. So it also serves to get Edge Christian the right to get the rematch because they just pinned one half of the tag team champions. We win that rematch, don't we? I'll never tell. Damn it. <laughs> you may have to stick but, around on the review but, to find oh, out. Oh man, Grandmaster. Yeah, I think. Personally, Grandmaster controlled a vast portion of that match. He did, yeah. You know, and all like I say, always rated him in ring, and from the shitty finish with that sweaty wee ball ball bag, fucking <laughs> Shane McMahon, he's, and you talk about light ass chair shots. <laughs> he came, he ran in the ring, he kind of hopped like a bunny rabbit, and went. Eh. I mean, to be fair, we don't want full on chair. I mean, Val Venus gives Rikishi later on a full on chair oh. shot, to head, and I didn't like watching that. No, that that was one of the ones you go. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, God, I just thought it had a terrible joke. But I will not I will Don't. not say it, you know, terrible thing. Anyway, it cuts back to the, the, the fact she's watching and like, kind of laughing and joking that fact that and the, being very approval of what Shane's just done, they went, let's say phase one is complete and then they all head to the ring for their pro. And Michael Cole says something when they all come out that really I relate to having watched this weekly. And I'm sure people watching at the time would think the same way. But he's like, oh, we can't get through an episode of SmackDown without an appearance from the regime. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, there's no, he always had a cut fucking promo on this fucking show. Yeah. They came out to that uh, that Run DMC song that the X would have at the time. That was that, the song was better than the faction at the time. <laughs> Gotta be honest. Yeah, yeah. They come out, Shane. Is very sweaty. I mean, I know people take the piss out of him later years when he was older, like for being all sweaty and everything. Shane was Lee Evans level sweaty. Uh, like, like you can see it through his shirt. You go through his shirt, and I thought, like, has he spilled something on his shirt or, or is he just sweaty? And then the camera kind of zooms on him when he's got a microphone, and it zooms in. 
can see the beads of sweat running down the thing. Yeah. Like, oh no, you very sweaty. He's a sweaty, sweaty man. <laughs> like you ran in with a chair and then you just walked back down the rampway and you're like, <sighs> fucking sweat dripping off you. Yeah. It's not like he was an unhealthy dude. He was just sweaty yeah. dude. Yeah. But uh, basically, Vince, as I said. Uh, Shane McMahon says that Edge and Christian will be taking the Dudleys on later on uh, as a result of what happened earlier on. They're doing them a favour. And he says that, don't worry, he'll have a special five-second pose for mm. everybody later on. Uh, and also, Vince then takes the microphone and basically recaps what happened on Rose. You're all applauding what happened when my wife, Linda, came down to this room. <laughs> and hey, I asked my, my son-in-law, Triple H, to defend his WF championship against a mystery opponent, or mm. made my lovely daughter Stephanie defend her women's championship. And then mentioned the tag team match. Well, he goes, you know, he goes, yeah, but none of you were applauding when we won our matches. Mm. Cut, to, cut to a way to the crowd, and one guy in the front row actually applauding. <laughs> There's that one dude, like, There's always the one, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Triple H basically says, that he feels that you know their team is unbeatable coming into King of the because you know I got the chairman of the board, I got the giant killer, which is Shane Lennon, given that he beat the big show. You know, neglecting the fact they had help from Bilby Cannon and TNA at the yeah. time. But he says that basically the the one the advantage on their side is Kane and taking the rock will never be like get along. But he goes, you know, maybe it was make us a bit fair, and he adds a stipulation to that. A stipulation that will be slightly altered by this time next week. But yeah, uh-huh. he says. If whoever gets the pinfall on the face side will automatically become the number one mm, contender, contender for the WWE Championship because the whole thing with them being all number one contenders like, yeah, but technically you declared them not number one contenders a week ago when you beat the Rock on Raw, but we'll let that Enough slide. said, you know. But anyway, he says, oh, I will defend the number WWE Championship in July fully loaded against the against whoever gets the pinfall in this match should, should that event happen. He says, however, in the very likely event that we win, I'll give that tail shot fully loaded to the winner of the King of the Ring, which I know we're meant to boo Triple H, but like when I was when I listened to that explanation, I'm thinking like it's actually very generous to Triple H. Like so, either way, you click your thing. The next paper you're going to defend your title in July, like it's actually a very nice thing, and actually it'd be nice for the King of the Ring winner to get something out of it. But but apparently we're meant to go no boo you you <laughs> fighting champion. Yeah, they didn't like fighting champions in this era. No. But anyway, then they basically tease that Jericho, Kane, Undertaker, Raw, basically all of them who basically who were on Linda's side on Raw all have some big surprises coming for them. They go and explain what's happening with them tonight. He goes, oh, no, we can't tell you. And then it wouldn't be a surprise. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So we've got a bunch and, of matches. And Vince is standing in the middle of the ring going, mwahahaha. Right, they may as well have all done the Doctor Evil. Mwahaha. <laughs> yeah, and Vince standing there with the, with the Doctor Evil pose, you know, like, mwahaha. I have, I have in the past jokingly called all this group of the regime basically Saturday morning cartoon villains. Like, whenever it cuts to them backstage, I put my notes. And Be- now, at the Legion of Doom. That's why I put my notes whenever I, I bring <laughs> a, a notes about a segment back of them all backstage in the locker room. But meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. So they all laugh and they walk away. So we've got a couple of matches later on with faces not knowing who their opponents are going to be later on. And then we get the first of a series of very entertaining vignettes where Patterson and Briscoe, along with referee Mike Kyoto, who they forced Kyoto to pay for the cab, <laughs> they're yeah. up there in the middle of New York looking around. They're, they know that Christ and you know, they're going to find him. And Patterson's like, Don't worry about it, I'm going to find him. 
I'm doing first pictures for impression of Bob Don't worry about it. I'm going to find him. I know this city. Bad Union City in 1948. There's about 13 million people in this city. We'll never find him. And while they're all three of them are all arguing, Crash gets out of another cab and walks right by them. Mm. <laughs> I don't always note the, the advertisers unless it's something funny that's advertising them. And it says the WF Rewind, which is a club of people we can't steal on the bike, brought to you by the youth. Used tobacco prevention campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the, with the tagline, tobacco is wacko if you're a teen. teen. It's fine if you're not, but... But, like, they couldn't just go with the tobacco is wacko trying to appeal to the, the youth of that time, but they had to go if you're a teen. As if to say, like, oh, you're 21 now. Ah, oh, smoke as much as you fucking want, mate. Aye, totally. Uh, cool. <laughs> but if you're a teen, it's wacko. 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 Oh, you got know, you got to know somebody very old who doesn't know kids in two thousand brought that like wacko tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wack, wacko tobacco or wacky wacky over here in this neck of the woods is mm. something very different. It's good, law. Mm. It's good. We mentioned it earlier about the you know the pot for Jeff Hardy and his match, and that match is up next. You look good in this match. You do. And very agile, you know, the way he's just flipping yeah. over the ropes and everything. I mean, look at it. Look at it now. You look at them in that match, <laughs> and now. One's old and fat, and one's an alcoholic. I mean, the thing is, stuff he's been on over the years in like the style he wrestles. Yeah, you know, the style takes a toll on you. So no wonder he's had to try and dull. He's chose oh, to dull yeah. the pain with the yeah. methods that he has. Because oh. he, his his style definitely must have took a toll on him. You no, know, Christian's like a heel in AEW. Have you seen what he said about Jeff recently? Oh, totally. That was fucking harsh, man. But I mean, Christ's sake, he's been he's been he's been pretty, he's been cutting some punches, man. Oh, yeah. You know? Like, like, I haven't watched any like yeah. reviews or anything or whatever. But my Christ, I've read it and I'm like, even you know what I'm like. Yeah. Even I've been going Christ, man, fucking bring it in a yeah. bit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> didn't he? he said he said to Matt Hardy, "You making your brother sound like a sober one of the family." Totally, totally. <laughs> and then the thing he's doing with Jungle Boy and his dad. You know, it's like mm. fuck, man. TNA are a team. Like I, I used to wonder because they're gonna be. It's like uh, King of the Ring. It's gonna inevitably be a four way. It's TNA, Too Cool, Edge and Grish and the Hardys four way like elimination match for the tag titles. Uh, I want it right. What? I want it right. It's me. Are you a tag team? <laughs> yes, I am. Paul, you've been spe- smoking too much of that wacko tobacco. No. <laughs> Whatever gave you that idea. <laughs> anyway. Uh, I I often wonder watching that tape whenever I watch something like you know, Too Cool, you know, they're a dominant team, you know, Too Cool got everyone in the tag chat. Why do you, even for a couple of weeks say heel, you know, two big lads? Because Tess and, and Albert look like big horses, you know. Oh, totally, totally. And I thought, why did they get a run, you know, tag chat? And then watching them as TNA in this run, I can see why, because despite being big as they were, weren't booked to win a lot. I mean, weren't booked I mean, to win a lot, but if they, won, you, they won this match, but they didn't win much. If you look at them in this match, well, yeah. I mean, some of the com- combination moves they done were pretty solid. Like that, that one we done on Jeff when, like, I think it was like Test like lined them up with mm. Albert, and Albert yeah. kind of pancaked them, like yeah. lifted up and Are they flipped them over, like, on his face. And... That looked pretty severe. That one, I, I, that was one of the moves I watched. And went, Oof. Yeah, no like, quite teeth gritting, but ooh. The best, best in terms of like the only real key feuds they had were either the ones with the Dudley boys, with him, which mainly revolved around Ball wanting to put dress to the table. Yeah, and then they'd go on. I think it's kind of the beginning of it, the an inevitable like story for a couple of months with the Hardy boys. Well, I think it's a perfect pairing because they're two big guys, and the Hardys are guys who are over and can bump really well. 
So it's a match really made in heaven when you think about it. Jeff and Matt managed to do a double suplex on Tess, but then Tess's grabs man just slams him with a double, like that full Nelson ethic suplex, just slams yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Then they do that thing that you said, like they flip Matt like over. Jeff <laughs> uh, does the thing we get to tell you, he just didn't just I mean, he just a, a full on flip over. Oh, I, don't, I loved that full on right on the feet. Yeah, like he, he, I've seen him busted like four fifties in this time period. Oh, totally. He was agile as fuck. Oh, yeah. And then he comes in and right away he's on Albert mm. and he's you know laying in the punches. And then he did that thing I always loved at the time. Like he sort of shoved him into like partial into the corner and did that jumping mule kick thing. Yeah. You know, and it was just it was like snap, 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 snap like that. You know, well, like Albert. Well, right before Albert gets dropped by ADT, uh Jerry Lawler jokes about how big his head is and <laughs> said the size of his head makes him DDT proof. <laughs> Yeah, it's but, quite harsh, man. but then Matt gets a just a fate on on Bull. Yeah, Matt gets a just a fate on Test, Test, and then Jeff goes to the top rope. Uh, Trish grabs it, uh, Jeff's legs, dragging him out. See, see. Well, she was meant to be an arsehole. She's their manager. She just was an asshole. But anyway, <laughs> but she you drags them all, and then that leads to Test it now. A wicked big. I've seen some people who said. Looking back on it, Tess's finisher just should have just been his boot because of how big it oh, was. Oh, it was just it was a severe fucking big boot. But anyway, Tess pins Jeff. They get a win, but they're not happy. But they're not satisfied. They just keep beating them up. Me and Trish is telling them what to do. Mm. Then brings out Lita, who the last episode we watched was the episode where they helped her. But she's kind of been seen in the back, you know, just watching their matches. Mm. But now officially, she comes down and the kind of the mesh and everything. She's yeah. got the proper like Lita look. She takes out Trish. She hits her with a loud drop. I think here we've seen the official formation of what we will now know as Team, Team Extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember King of the Ring, they come out with Leah. That's like the first preview with them and Leah. But I remember watching, like, since that episode, I've been watching, like, every Raw Smackdown since. like, okay, when's Leah going to join them? Okay, come on. Let's this is the episode where. <laughs> but I'm glad that Team Extreme is never finally a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Leah's thing before that was Essie Rios, wasn't it? Yeah, even like a week ago when she came out for the Battle Road to fight Stephanie. She came out to Essie Rios' music. Yeah. She came out to something else on her. I don't know what it was, but now from now on, I think she comes out to the Harry's up until about 02. I think she gets that. Her own music, which yeah. would, I think because that was also featured on the WF Forcible Entry. It was. CD as well. So I have, I have or had that. I that would be her theme right up until the end of her. And whenever, whenever she makes an appearance, she comes out to that theme as well. Yeah. She she doesn't rock that look as well as she did back in the day. Well, she and I don't mean that to be harsh, but she you know yeah she she's she's like a mother dressing in her kids' clothes, you know. <laughs> she looks she looks better than Mickey James nowadays. I'll I'll say that. Well, she knows how to keep her dignity when she takes a fall. Anyway. Anyway, <laughs> this is stuff coming over from my other show here. But anyway, Undertaker arrives on his little motorbike uh, into the arena. It's greeted by Vince, Bill Buchanan, and some police officers. Like, well, yeah. look who we have. It's an American bear. And he called one by goes, Hello, How Mr. are you getting on, Mr. B- Hello, Mr. Badass? And at that point, John Tucker went, Please, Mr. Badass is my father. Please call me Anne. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I thought that joke on the bus on the way up here, and I was too proud of myself. <laughs> but well. I did get there chewing a big bad chewing tobacco during this whole segment. Yeah, so. and he's like, "Well, oh well, see, you got your bike back. Mm-hmm. That's good, but you know, you you stole a man's car. Mm-hmm. 
I'm afraid you're going to be arrested for grand theft also. Aye, and, and also assault for pulling out. Basically, yeah. the guy put a warrant out, and now Vince is here to get the cops to take him away. And basically, Tiger, as he's being killed, like, I only stole that car because he stole my bike and everything. Yeah. And he's like, he steals my bike and... And I'm getting the one getting arrested. There's another angle in 01 where Tiger gets arrested, and there's a segment in that which I actually thought was here, where Tiger's getting dragged to the rear by cops, and he shows the cops goes, I think on the way we can stop and get some donuts. <laughs> I for some reason thought that was here, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah, different but, episode. So dude gets to the ring and then Billy can gets up right up in his face in his treasure. Jim Taker spits some of his chewing tobacco at him. Yeah. And so the Billy can's like, fuck it, and starts battering Undertaker while he's there. Uh, well, he gets one hit in. Uh, he, gets, he starts hitting him while he tries to get more at him, but the cops are getting in the middle of them. And then Vince starts kind of laughing at Undertaker getting taken away. He's like, ah, oh, I love being me. When the cops behind him, I don't think it's meant to happen. At first I thought, was he laughing because, you know, the cops are secretly in McMahon's pocket? Like, no, this guy just corpsed at the wrong moment and starts laughing behind Vince. <laughs> it's, it's a photo moment. Yeah, this guy was either a shit, like, indie wrestler brand this, or he was a cop, an actual cop who was not used to being on camera and didn't know. What, do was, you think he was down there going, tee-hee? <laughs> <laughs> you can watch it, he's got a big, like, he's laughing alongside Vince, like, you know, he's probably Hi, not meant to. <laughs> I'm on television. <laughs> and then I just something up. Vince leaves the arena. Vince just buggers off because Shane assures him, "Oh, you can you can leave now." And he gets in his little limo, and he drives away. And now we had the final quarterfinal. We had the final qualifying slash first round, match. First, slash first round match for the King of the Ring tournament. We got D'Lo Brown. You're looking at the real deal now and all that. And then they comment how good a shape he's in, and he is, and so you. I don't think he was as big as Daryl Lovingston. Did we go, oh, I'm a retired dealer, bro. used to be as big as Rikishi. <laughs> no, he was never that size. Yeah. Ever. I, know, I know after his, his later career, when he wasn't wrestling, like when he's come here in Impact, he would be a, a bit bigger of a guy, but I don't think he was as big as Daryl Lovingston. But he's taking on Scotty Too Hotty and uh, and uh, Queen of the Ring qualifying match. I should also mention Dilo Brown is a heel at this stage of his career. He turned was on, he? Yes, he turned on the Godfather some months ago, and I feel that barely got going. I'm sure they did some stuff on Sunday Night Heat, but... It was a Heat feud. I mean, I watch Raw and SmackDown, I don't have time to watch fucking Sunday Night Heat. No. If it's important, they'll tell me something happened on Heat, but I don't yeah, have time yeah. to watch Heat. You'll, you'll just get the review. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I I do recall Heat and mm-hmm. Velocity and... Oh, yeah. Metal. <laughs> or WF <laughs> Jacked. Oh, I think the, the only one that ever had any real, you know, anything to it was uh, Shock... Shotgun Saturday night. Yeah. That, that was no bad, but it didn't last very long. No, not very long. But, so Scotty's, I think it's smart that Deal is the face, to be fair, because Scotty is very over with this. Group. Oh, hell yeah. And so Deal just jumps immediately, gets into the ring, gets caught with a spin kick. It's a really, it's a really good start to the match. Yeah. Well, that spin kick looks, you know, it's like, he was always good at delivering but that. He was always very agile for, I think he, for people, you know, because there's people he hang around, he hung around with. Forget how big deal could be, mm. and so it really needs agility to look even more impressive when you think about it. Totally. And then Squire gets a, a, a kick of his own at one point, does a little bit of uh, dancing, but you know, the commentators aren't really talking about the match. As they haven't been talking about most of these matches, they're talking to you about stuff to do with Undertaker getting arrested, yeah. or Linda, or the faction, or whatever. That always bugged me at this point as well. Yeah. You know, like, fuck's sake, you know. A really decent match going on, talking yeah. about the fucking like commentate on match. Yeah. Do your job, man. Eventually, it shut up because Gerald has to get in on when they uh, basically similar to when he did when he recalled the people's elbow when Sky got to show like, oh, so 
Scotty's looking to warm his way into the king of the ring. He's up there and he's going to do the W. Oh, and did you see the bit in the crowd and somebody had the, the worm sign? Yeah. You know, yeah I, I seen out. that and I was like, ah. And he hits the, the worm and then he goes to go off. He's got a DAT off the top rope. The dealer catches him at some of the flat. Yeah. Mm. And then Dilo decides I'm going to go up. He goes for the, the, the lowdown. The lowdown. Goes for the flash. Love the name of that move. Yeah. Uh, goes there off and then Scotty rolls out of the way. Then he gets a leaping DDT off the middle rope. One, two, three. Scotty gets a clean win. Yeah. The only clean win on that episode. So far, yeah. At least. I believe it's the only one, if I'm remembering it correctly. Well, we've got a couple of matches to go, so we'll see what happens. So then we got Patterson and Briscoe once again missing Gus because they're looking in the window and Briscoe's like, Patterson's like, oh, what are you doing, Chef? We're doing it. We gotta get your belt better. Like, do you think we have time to get one of those New York hot uh, dogs? <laughs> and then Crash Holly walks by and Mike Hill tries to tell him, again, I just, I think I just talked to Hill. Like, you shut up, you're only here to do one thing. You're here to get one, two, three. <laughs> but guys, I really, you shut up. <laughs> and so Kane can say he's meant to have a, a match against a mystery opponent and it turns out to be Intercontinental Champion Chris Benoit. Oh. Him. Yes, him. We've had some discussions about Chris Benoit and recent comments made by other wrestlers like Jordan Grace about the legacy yeah. of Chris Benoit. I, I, I stand on record saying I, I agree with her comments mm. and that's as far as I will go on it. Yeah, you, you can look at Jordan Grace on Twitter if you want to. And you should follow on Twitter. She's one of the best, better wrestlers to follow on Twitter. And I, I personally believe, since we're on the topic with Jordan Grace, yeah. in my mind, one of the best women wrestlers at the moment. Oh, yeah, 100%. Hella powerful, hella agile, good character. Mm-hmm. Anyone that says different, in my opinion, is insane. <laughs> <laughs> you know what frustrates me about this match? It's not the finish. But you know what it is? You and I, one of our earliest. I think one of the first proper like pay-per-view reviews you and I ever did was Bad Blood 2004. Because I got the crazy idea in my head. Yeah. We were talking about VHSs and collections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, oh, one of the first DVDs I had was Bad Blood 2004. And Kane Vite Benoit for the World Heavyweight title. And that match was very boring. <laughs> and I was so disappointed. <laughs> I was so angry of how bad that match was. The Michaels Triple H match. See, is that good match though. is good. That and the Benjamin Orton IC title match is good. Everything else on that card is meh. It's <laughs> meh to shit. Did the Michaels Triple H go to a no contest? No, no, actually. Was that a three stages one? No, it was just a regular Hell of Cell. I think I know they had a no contest at the Rumble that year. That was three it. stages was Armageddon no two. That was when Michaels lost it to Triple H, wasn't it? Three stages was when he lost yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How but, long? It's only about a month they held I it. Cause I think by then, even Michaels wasn't sure how much longer he was going to be here. It wasn't until May 19 where he said, like, oh, yeah, I'm back. I'm here for the long run. But the reason I bring up that match at Babel, that was on the semi-main spot on a pay-per-view because the hell was going on later on. Yeah, yeah. For the World Heavyweight title, top belt on Raw at the time, this match here on SmackDown, a random match that maybe goes five minutes if I want to do, look up the times at most, and has a shitty finish. This match here was better than the match they'd have four years later for the world title. And I'm watching this like, how is this better than the match you had on pay-per-view for the world title? What year was this? This is 2000. And what year was that match? That was in 2004. I'm sure I could think of a few reasons. Yeah, maybe. Other to do with the size of Mr. Benoit. <laughs> no, it's, size is one aspect, yeah. Yeah. But I'm... I, I, I will hold my tongue. But 
So yeah, this is actually really just doing Kieran immediately grabs Benoit, just throws him in the corner. Mm. Then Benoit comes back and starts chopping it at, at, at Kane. Yeah, he was always good with the chops yeah. of Benoit. I always switch Kane into the, the rope, then Kane goes back, just uppercut. I always love Kane's uppercut. Aye. It was a noise when Aye, it was like, like oh. you know. Always like that, that, and him and Mick Foley are the best punching noise. Mick Foley's like, hit hit Ah, oh, wasn't he? Ha cha cha. It was a ha cha. I said more. Sometimes it sounds like a ha cha to me. All right. Holy smash! Holy <laughs> smash! You go to the outside where uh, after I say a big say what slam from Kane. Benoit goes to say try to use the IC belt as a weapon. McCain stops him for. But they roll into the ring where Benoit has the IC still has the IC belt. Benoit uses the belt, hits Kane because of the DQ. The Kane Kane sets up. Benoit's him again. Hits him again. Sets Kane up. Sets up. So, a rare showing of emotion by Ben where he tries to portray that he uh, is is kind of freaked out I, by this. I, I must call you on that one. Mm-hmm. You say he showed emotion. Mm-hmm. He held the same facial expression and backed out the ring and walked away. Yeah. I mean, it's as much emotion as he's capable of showing at that time. Yes, he walks backwards. Like, oh <laughs> dear, I, I must leave now. My planet needs me. <laughs> well, yeah, that was the expression. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. it, was, it was more like you hit him twice, you sat up twice, and then you came and went, hmm, this is not working. I will leave now. In a way, this is seen as a, a victory by commentary for, like, carrying that against the fact Sheen by, like, by, based on the fact that, oh, yes, I won by DQ, and plus I scared away the villainous man. Like, yeah, but you got hit with a belt. <laughs> Twice. Not, not really much of a win, though. Oh, you know, you won by DQ and you still got up, like... You get skated twice. You know, you know, what's better is beating the guy just, you know, in the middle of the ring. Yeah. And, wait, was that another screwy finish? It was, yeah. Wow. Are you keeping score, Tom? Yes, because... I'm it, not. By my score, the Scotty match is still the only clean finish. Because that was... when You had the Scotty match, that match there. We had the TNA match. That wasn't clean. Yeah. Uh, I'm just trying to think, and the Grandma Six match. So we've only had four matches on this show, and three of them have been a dodgy finish. Yeah. Well, there you go. But like stage, I like this bit because it's about where it comes up the fact scene, but where this, by the way, I was reminded briefly because I've forgotten about it that Edge, Christian, and K Fabe are brothers at this point. Yeah, yeah. Where uh, Edge comes up to Christian before their match with the dude, like, hey, mom's coming. She's so he- happy that I, that I invented the King of the Ring. Like, really? She didn't call me after <laughs> my match on Raw. Yeah, she oh. told me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is, like, this, is this slowly but surely planting the seeds that will come later? I think they wanted to bring them up like earlier in the year, but then I think they've fully gone on. The uh, I think it's just something they would revisit later on because I think Christian does mention when they feel like, oh, mum always favoured you over me. Yeah, because it was when Edge won King of the Ring, wasn't it? Yeah, that would be the following year. Right, right. But cool. especially as in this year's King of the Ring, but like, oh, I mean, I heard we get into the we win this match with Dillies. We're still, we're still going to get a tag and tell yourself from the faction. I think they're called the regime. Not the faction. The regime. Oh, let's go, Mars. The, the faction. Oh, we're still getting in a good Chris at the faction. <laughs> I, I love Giffy hating Christian. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun. <laughs> they come out uh, and they call, basically call the fans ugly and everything. Like, There's so many things that are ugly about the scene. The people, the Cubs win, lost record. And... For the benefit of those with flash photography, we give you a special not five, not six, but a seven second pose. <laughs> I mean, you do the wee poses. Also, somebody had a say that I benefit from flash photography. 
<laughs> well, obviously, even though there were arseholes and they all they kept sliding, like, go for TP, but it worked every, every time. They all basically slide everybody off. Every time they did that pose, you could, all you could see in the crowd, flashes. I so hate, many flashes. I hated the bleeps on the network. Did you? Yeah. Where, what was bleeped in the... Well, there was two bleeps in that promo. Really? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. I remember I bleeped later on in Jericho's promo. Yeah, but there was two bleeps in that one too. Huh. Alright, I don't remember them saying anything that really would require a beat. I didn't think there was anything, but apparently it bleeped, so... Hmm. Well, I don't know. But, uh... So they do the wee second thing, but all flies in and the Dudleys come out. I was... I was convinced, by the way, because, like, every so often, like, they keep getting booked in more and more tables matches because that's becoming their thing. I just assumed this was the tables match, even though it wasn't. <laughs> and so when they start wrestling like a regular tie match, I'm like, "Where's the tables? Like, why, why are you wrestling? They're like, where's the tables?" And then right to the ends in a double carry because they brought the round. I'm like, "How the fuck are you have t- uh, a carry, double carry in a tables match?" And then I was like, <laughs> and I started, "Then I really spit at something like, did they, not a tables did they, match. Did they ever actually see this as a tables match? Like, <laughs> well, I guess uh, it goes that, that especially you know when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, <laughs> particularly me." <laughs> Never assume. Never assume. But you know, there's not much to say about the match because it's more an angle than anything. Because yeah, the Dudleys do hold their own mostly, but by you know, hitting the small drop, which Jerry Lawler takes offence to, like angle. Yeah, Jerry Lawler is just like, how can he have small drop? He's not Samoan. <laughs> they, that's that's racialist, Mister Law. <laughs> yes, racialist. They they brawl up the rammer, then ends up double kick out, and then Bubba Ray just like table. <laughs> Baba like table. Put put a pony through table. Make Baba happy. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> That's basically what he was like. You just see like you just shout table. I want you. He goes to Parabon and edge off the the stage to do. Uh, DX get involved. I, I, do you know? Despite what ended up happening, yeah, I would have loved to have seen a Baba bomb off that stage <laughs> through the table. I mean, Bubba would do that kind of thing when, back when they had that weird habit of uh, putting women through tables, you know. I think he powerbombed Mae Young off the off the stage through the table. Yeah, the she was a triple lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What was she at that point, like, like 70 odds, 80? Oh, must have been coming up on 70 odds if yeah. not older. Yeah, but she was a triple, man. Because I swear she was maybe coming into her 90s when she eventually passed yeah, away. Yeah, she eventually passed. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Hannah Lillard when it went first? I'm sure Miller went first. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Getting in a weird one now. Something like a couple of Gosling Roll women like, oh, did you hear who passed? Oh, big Miller. Oh, she went quietly. She did. Oh. Oh, that May. Did she go before or after May? Oh, no. When, when, when May went. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, my Christ. <laughs> what has this show become? Oh, I, oh you... You know, you're you, the captain. You asked the question, who went first? And I didn't know. Oh, jeez. I'm trying to not make it sound morbid, you know. You ended up making the sound like we're doing a dramatisation of Coronation Street, Lynn. I was, I was thinking more like whenever the Mighty Python lads had to dress up as women, how they used to sound. Oh. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it's going. And then randomly they roll out uh, a big dumpster. Which I think actually goes back to like uh, Road Dogg and uh, Billy Gunn did a, an angle similar with Chainsaw Charlie and Captain Jack oh, back in I, the day. May I quickly ask a question? Where is Billy Gunn at this point? Oh, he's still injured. Is that why he's not there? He's in, he got injured in February. 
Would he be back within the faction or would the faction disintegrate before that? No, before that he'd come back as the one Billy Gunn. Was this before Billy and Chuck? Before Billy and Chuck. Alright, cool. I think actually his last actual match before he got injured was uh, No Way Out but he got injured in the Smackdown before that doing this like big famous 30 bubble race through the table because they're leading up to Outlaws defending against the Dillies for the tag titles and he injured his shoulder on the way down and so basically Keefe kind of took him out which meant Road Dog was two on one for most of the match Dudley's win and then basically they're like ah this bloody you know Billy Gunn let us down nowhere he's weak let's kick him out of the group Oh. And that was because he had to. I think he had to get surgery on the the end. Oh, did he really fuck himself up? So he would be gone for a while. I mean, you can tell this he came out with DX if you can count that weird thing of China Road Dog and K Quick that was left as DX. But I wouldn't. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't. And you're right not to. But yeah, I've read me the thing they did with like when she saw Charlie and Kids entered the dive, they, they, yeah, and yeah. then they locked them in. They pushed on, but and Jr. Google, back God, there's people in there. <laughs> Between to that big dumpster magic in Mania 14, but then they did a similar thing here where they then well, they held the engine Christian, even though Bobby pops up and tries to fight back, they get locked in and pushed off. And you can kind of see the doors almost open and Bubble almost roll out. Got to say, that landing was severe. Oh, that looked that looked rough. Yeah, I, I often hope in that situation the inside of the thing, because yeah. you know they must have it like yeah. in, in storage for prop and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I would hope at least they would have padded the inside of the goddamn thing uh, so they didn't get too severely fucked up. And it's hard to really gauge just how big a drop it is off the SmackDown next stage. Oh, yeah, yeah. Even then, the top of the inside and the, how hard it might be inside, the guy shaking around will fuck you up. Yeah. If you're locked yeah. in there. And if you're both locked in there, one of you go and land on the other one. And especially if you hit each other like, head-wise, then that's going yeah, yeah. to be fucked. Bending and all shit. I mean, <laughs> Bubba yeah. and fucking D1 look fucked when they came out of that thing. This is uh, setting up a very unique uh, stipulation match for uh, DX and the Dudleys at King of the Ring, but that'll come next. That'll get officially announced next week. Oh, dang. Oh, oh am I teasing you too much, Paul? Well, Rawr, tough to do. It's terrible. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all out of sorts now. Oh, that's the problem with you you people today. You can't wait week to week for things. No patience. No patience. No patience. But no anyway. money, any. No money, you are. You got any? Maybe. I will not give it to you. You'll spend it on booze. Well, you... well of course. Yes, I know, but I need my money. For, for booze. booze. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like comedian Steve used to say, like, think of the homeless people, man. They'll spend it on booze and drugs. What do you think I was going to spend it on? <laughs> anyway. Jericho is coming out for his mystery opponent Stephanie's on comedy going I don't you know week after week you people all, all you people call Stephanie a slut she's not but she is a dirty disgusting bottom feeding traffic but he gets interrupted in the middle of the spiel by Bill Buchanan <laughs> the new one of the new favourites one of the new lackeys of the regime the regime and he's here to take on he's the surprise for Jericho he's his surprise opponent but he's but I, the match I, itself is not really important. What's important is Jericho when he spills the outside taking a sip of water and he's spitting it at uh, <laughs> Stephanie. I do like a bit preceding that though. Yeah. Uh, I believe when Cole asked Stephanie, he's like, "So Stephanie, may I ask why you're joining us out here, <laughs> Stephanie?" And she responds by going, "Well, you very well may ask Michael, but as long as you accept that one answer, you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought I was like, ooh, sassy. Yes. Yeah, you know, I was like, you got fucking bow nose and heel commentary, Jay Lawler. Oh, yeah, great, Stephanie. Oh, I'm happy to have you here, Stephanie. Uh, and he was a dirty old man. He liked oh, to yes. have any woman next to him. Mm-hmm. 
Also, when Stephanie gets back at Jericho, she's like, oh, she's stolen the king's wallet. King's like, that's my wallet. So I assume he's got like a glass or like a bottle like Jericho had. No, she has this little mini bucket and throws it over Jericho when he goes for the line. So I'm like, am I seeing it like, King, how much water do you need in the app to get you through the average SmackDown taping? And what, what was it just me that noticed it was obvious Jericho jumped on the rope and then went, Oh yeah, you kind of have to. Throw it on, it's going guys. Well, it's annoying when me will like when. Cody Rhodes used to sometimes take the disaster get into the RKO, but he used to dive and then go, hmm? Like, oh, sorry, you're going head first into a kick. Like, what exactly were you hoping to achieve there, Cody? <laughs> it's the famous flying nothing. I liked Cody when he was tagging with Bob Holly. <laughs> well, someone had to. Well, didn't they win the titles? Oh, yeah, they did, yeah, for a bit. Yeah. yeah. But then just dunks this war. The war goes all the canvas, and referee thinks that's fine. For some reason, even maybe, maybe because it's the boss's daughter. Tim White, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't keeping track of the referees. Because I know it's not Mikey or he's in New York with the well, stitches. Kyoto's in New York, but I'm sure Tim White is in this one. Yeah. Uh, and so he goes, and then Jericho's all water in my face, and then Bill B. Cannon, he's very impressive scissors kick onto Jericho. Oh no, I am wet. I am wounded. Scissors <laughs> <laughs> so kick by Bill B. Cannon. Bill B. Cannon with a win over Chris Jericho, which I didn't think I'd see happen. Well, he had to win sometime. But you see, it wouldn't be a clean finish. He's very clean now. He's just had a wash. He's had water thrown over him. But that wasn't a clean finish. Still, we have only had one. I know. You don't. You don't use that. There with your arms folded. I will. I will because I'm waiting till I get till we get to the end of this episode, <laughs> and I am proving completely right. I didn't say you were wrong. I just said I wasn't sure exactly. You know. I am reasonably sure. Anyway, we still have another stitches vignette. Chris has got like stuff all his face, he's eating a hot dog. Yeah, he's finally gotten that famous New York hot dog. And he's like, guys, I swear you guys would have trash and have you just listening about Will you shove all you're here to cut one two and I love uh, it. I think this is maybe a reference to Paris and being gay and everything like <laughs> when we're later on, can you take me one of those clubs you were telling me about? Like right, first we get the title back, then we go celebrate. <laughs> uh, and then Chris, I think goes, I think it's like WF New York. He wanders oh, into Briscoe wanted to celebrate too. One of Patterson's clubs. Ooh, well they were going to Bad Billies. <laughs> <laughs> it's a later Fraser reference if you didn't know. But then we get a little recap of what happened last week when during a match between Rikishi and Valmius, which is set because on the previous Raw that was violent. Uh, uh, on the previous Raw. <laughs> Rikishi stink face Trish Stratus Trish Stratus was embarrassed about it so she says Val Val get him back for me and so Rikishi was getting stink face Val and then mysteriously Trish produced some cocaine threw it in his face I'm sure they won't say cocaine but maybe it was cocaine and then Val so angry that it's clearly it was his cocaine like I cocaine and then beats up Rikishi <laughs> Alleged. Because oh, oh no, my cocaine. Allegedly, it's his cocaine, but allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. So they bar each other. He beats, he bloodies Rikishi with the ring bell, and then Rikishi keeps getting back up. Which then eventually leads to a light drop on the stage, and then Rikishi doing a super superfly splash off the Island. off off the top of the, the off the stage through Val, and then Val. And Val's kind of dropped the whole porn star thing. He's like, I'm serious, Val now. I still don't give a shit about that you. That still sounds like a porn star named Serious Val. <laughs> I still give. I don't. I still don't give a shit about him. To be honest with you. Did you think he was a dick? Oh yeah, I'm never a biggest Val Venus guy. Is, isn't it? A, isn't it a kind kind of common thread that he is a bit of a dick? Oh yeah, yeah. 
and today, yeah. He's a sort of like a sort of drug addict. Dick. Well, not a drug addict. He, he does his like herbal stuff. Oh, he's he sells. pothead. Yeah, yeah, pothead. Anyway, he comes out. He basically says to because he, he calls him out. He says, "So I can literally beat you within an inch of your life." Like, are you literally threatening to attempted murder? Rikishi, of course he was. It was Vince Russo time. Well, not anymore. He wasn't in the company. Oh, no, he was in the other one ruining that. Maybe maybe it was just a Val thing, because Val is not a good talker either. He wasn't. And, I, you know, I never liked his whole, you know... I never liked his voice. No. You know. They and, and just another insult to a man. Mm-hmm. He's fat and bald now. <laughs> he is. It's a fact. But yeah, I've seen... I've seen uh, Year, a couple of years ago now, I went and seen online a picture of him in one of his... I don't even know if he still wrestles now. I doubt it. But one of his last matches, it was some outdoor, uh-huh. cheap-looking thing. And, oh, good God, he looked like an out-of-shape Gilbert. If you try to do his whole Hello Lady thing, if you like that clip where Bart sees his future as a male stripper, oh. you're fat, more to me love, oh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a bang, bang, valve. Oh, God. Which is another one of his movies. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Good <laughs> look up in that image. I'll give you a worse one. <laughs> Current Val Venus doing the Joey Ryan thing. Oh, well. No, 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 no. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Val calls him Rikishi comes down to stop crawling and everything I'll go over in the stage yeah. we're in the entrance uh, the ringside area uh, Rikishi slams Val through the, the announce table but Val gets up smashes him on her repeatedly uh, Rikishi's face very vicious and then a big fucking unprotected chair shot to Rikishi that was a severe that was a severe on the fucking mm. on the cranium yeah this would continue like long after we're king of the ring this little Val he's saying I can't anywhere where they just like this if I, I'm sorry to cut off, sure, but sure. if I remember, I believe it may have been on because I bought the first triple disc volume of the Raw thing, uh-huh. and it may have been on it, but I believe there was a cage match between Rikishi and Val. It's on a pay-per-view, but... Oh, right, right, well, it was a cage it, it, match between and Rikishi done a fucking topple mm. the cage, and it looked like he really fucked himself doing it too, because he looked like he fucked his elbow or something. Mm-hmm. I seen that and I was like, my Christ, man, because I could only imagine how Val felt when, yeah. when the big Keith landed on him. The scene him coming out like better than my bed and go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Run away. Run away. <laughs> so it's just kind of kicked off randomly that Val wants to be taken seriously. And he's just about to be getting a path to Kishi where he suddenly now, I want to kill you now. I want to be taken seriously, so I'll let a 400 pound man dive off with all of the 16 foot cage and land on me. We've all been there. Haven't we? No? Okay. I, I don't know what your personal life is like, <laughs> Scott, but I, I can say I have not. Don't ask me about my business. <laughs> but, but Paul, all this stuff means nothing <laughs> because this segment here is ra- crap no I like this <laughs> I'm always kidding this is the most random celebrity integration into wrestling oh yeah and like this is one that doesn't even get talked about nowadays we think especially given that he's a big name now he's a huge name now yeah but he was big then as well oh yeah yeah 
Oh, Chris, right. Pulp Fiction, yeah. shit like that. Crash goes to WF New York, it looks like. He's got WF logos around. And he finds a guy he wants to protect him. And it's John Shaft, a.k.a. Samuel L. Jackson, from the from the Shaft movie that just happens to come out the day following this episode ending. Mm-hmm. But he's not... So, adre- he's not in, promo work. He's not worked. Into he's not in this cafe world. Samuel L. Jackson, the crash of his head. Oh no, he's visiting, Shaft. He's visiting Shaft, and he does a weird transition, like in cuts the phone, like Shaft, Shaft, here. I gotta help you, man. <laughs> hey, Shaft, I heard you're one bad boy. Shut your mouth. <laughs> and then he goes like, "Oh man, like I know you, Crash Holly. You're the hardcore chin. What can I do for you?" Oh, I got these guys. Everyone's coming after me. Like, why don't you get here? Oh, I got beef with them. I got here with them because yeah, they they were made to watch him and then they buggered off out and that's like just going to get him in his sleep. But then when Shaft yeah is sitting there, he's like, then he looks at his woman next to him. He's yeah. like, she likes you, man. I can help you. <laughs> From now on, it's my duty. Protect your booty. <laughs> and then uh, the blood right before then they'd been saying like, oh we're back and look at the blood on our announce table, the remainder of the vicious brawl. Then that happens like, Oh my god, can you believe it? Crash has got shaft to protect them. <laughs> and I put in my notes here, Cole and King are so white. Because yes, they, they are. Because they try to do the whole chats of Adma and like, King, well I'm just talking about shaft <laughs> And it just it just doesn't work. No. No, it doesn't. And then, it makes me sad. And then <laughs> I've not seen the Samuel Jackson Shaft or any of the Shaft films. I should I should try and watch them. I tell you, I, I haven't seen like any other ones, mm-hmm. but the first one can't recommend it enough. Great movie. What the seventies one? No, no, uh, oh, oh, this the, one, the, one. the remake of Samuel Jackson one. Oh, I haven't one, seen yeah. this, the original like proper seventies one. That yeah. was like a original entry, yeah. Yes. But um. The Samuel L. Jackson one, mm-hmm. fantastic film. You really should check it out. Oh. Uh, and so, Rock has a promo, which is great. Oh, he's getting interviewed by Kevin Kelly. I love Kevin Kelly. I loved Kevin Kelly. I too. see a lot of Kevin Kelly now. And you know, he lost a good bit of beef at that point. Yeah, and I watch Kevin Kelly a lot now because he's an English commentator. Me, I'm going on New Japan now. Is he? Yeah. Ah, oh, sweet. God, what must be some age now? Yeah, yeah, but he's still very good in terms of the the play by play bit of the commentary. Well, that's really awesome. That's yeah. really awesome. So, uh, he he's interviewing Ron Hall. You got a mystery point. How do you prepare? It's like, yes, okay, mystery point. It could be anyone. Could even be mm-hmm. you, Kevin Kelly. Oh, right, I assure me, assure you, it's not me. Like, <laughs> I always loved that bit of rock when he was like, just like one hand gesture. He's like, are you sure you had the rocks with your opponent? Well, I. I it that doesn't, doesn't matter, matter if you have the rocks with your opponent. You got everyone. Call, <laughs> tell him I'm going to figure it out. Call Sherlock Holmes. Call Scooby Doo. <laughs> In fact, get a bunch of Scooby Snacks. Shut them up, turn them sideways, take them straight up your candy ass. <laughs> and all said and done, The Rock simply says, just bring, bring it. it. And like, basically, The Rock can say anything, he talks about Scooby Snacks and fucking Sherlock Holmes or whatever he wants to say, and the people in 2000, like, they're just eating out of the palm of his hands. Like I say, the best rock promo ever in that whole era, when The Rock was The Rock, mm. you know, was a what up, G? <laughs> What in the blue hell? Get out of here, you sick freak! 
Well, that was my favourite. I assume the, 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 the shouting would be early on in the episode and then they come back to this, but then we go right back to it where Chris Gould Patterson and the referee go, hey, you know, excuse me, sir, you've seen Crash all around and they get to shouting, you're like, little airboard chest I'm looking to Karen, a really ugly looking bell. Like, hey, that's my bell. And you just stand there, like, yeah, I know. Didn't say anything about being your bell. No, I'm protecting that boy, like, Wait a minute, aren't you shit? And he just smacks both of them. Yeah, totally. It barely catches Briscoe, but he still goes down. And you can see him trying not to laugh. Like, <laughs> right before he's fine, he goes, you're shit. And he smacks him and goes, you're damn right I am. <laughs> and that's Samuel Jackson randomly appearing in the WWF. Glad just to pull the WWF had it at the time. And I thought it was very cool. I liked it. Was it was awesome. I cool. loved it. Well, like I say, you, you, should lo- you should love the movie. It's a great movie. I'm trying to get... You'll sit there and you'll watch it and you'll think, Christian Bale, you bastard. I think that nowadays. Nah, he is a bit of a bastard, but I mean, like, great actor at the point, you know? Yeah. Anyway, but... Terrible yeah. Batman love. Then The Rock comes out for his main event, and it's a mystery point, and I'm trying to think, who's the faction associated with? They have a little group of guys, kind of associated with them. Who can they get? And it hit me right before his music hit. The Patriot. Who have we not seen? No. Who have we not seen so far tonight? Out comes Kurt Angle, who calls himself the real people to me because he is your Olympic hero. Yeah. And he goes on this big spiel, the rock just puts his hand in and just stops him. And he's like, you want to bring it? I've been bringing it since 1982. And he just gets all frustrated because he's like, how dare you interrupt me? And then there's a little oval bit on the bottom of the screen because Stephanie and Triple H are watching the Yeah. And then I like the little oval. Yeah, and then Stephanie just said, like, oh, we should go out there and help him, you know? And he's like, in trouble, he's like, I'm not, I'm I'm not, not helping him. He probably goes back to Elsie, not liking what happened on Raw. Uh, he's like, oh, come on, what do you want the Rock to win? Like, oh, he helped me in my match, you didn't help me in my match. And Triple H briefly goes, I wasn't allowed to. Yeah. And she just wanted also Triple H has to follow her. He's like, oh, I can't have her going out there by herself. No, she goes out and he's like, fuck it. Mm-hmm. I'm going, he comes out and. She's walking out just looking like we bitch Stephanie at the time. And he's coming out, but you can see Triple H, he's walking out, title in hand, he's like, sick out here fucking defending this dick. That's all dweeping. And like, I'm not defending this cunt. <laughs> Hope he fucking loses, fuck him. Rock, Rock, again, despite, why is it Triple H on Raw, despite, oh, I don't know who my opponent is, Rock seems to handle himself pretty well. It's, oh, all, yeah, yeah. it's only after Stephanie grabs Rock's leg, the angle's mind to crap him with like the belly to belly overhead, like super yeah. actually getting some control in this match. And the match is kind of overshadowed. Rock and Angle will have some great matches in 01, in 2000, 2001. This is not one of their best. No. Unfortunately. Yeah, I not, mean, there's some, there's some reasonable spots. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, it's, uh, overall, it's not a very fluid match. Yeah. Because also, if Stephanie tried to try and get well, like, Triple H gets involved. But this, this is, once again, what I mean about the fucking screwing and stuff with finishes. Triple H they... gets involved uh, after it was Stephanie tried to ref, but it backfires on him. So he gets knocked by the referee season, the referee trying to get him away. So Stephanie, and I've often said, I have this weird is this, theory. Is this the main event, Matt? This is the main yeah, event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a weird theory that the how much value WWE has in the belt uh, dictates how much a fed it has when someone hits you with it. Well, let, so, let, so like, me, let so, me ask... Oh, sorry. So, like, the world belt, you get hit with that, it's usually pretty much game or Yeah. 50-50 in the IC or tag belt, right? Definitely hits the rock with the women's belt. I put it here, much like in Pokemon, you play Pokemon. She hits some cheap. Definitely uses women's title. It has no effect. Like, the rock just knows I'll just turn around like, fuck you, Tim. Yeah, well, that's very... 
very telling. It's very yeah. like psychological, yeah. you know. So what are you going to say? Well, let me ask you this, right? You talk about the value of title belts, mm-hmm. and for some people, that is a very sketchy subject. Yeah, you know? yeah. Let me ask you this: in the current era of the WWE, as in today, yeah, uh, yeah, as in today, as in this time period, yeah. right? Do you feel? That each title has as much value as it may have had then. Not necessarily. Because I, one title I could particularly hit on mm-hmm. is the Intercontinental title. Yeah. That is seen as like a throwaway title now, and that used to be so important. I think the current holder in Gunther. Oh, yeah, he's could, a could, fantastic could, champion. He could hold, like, all he has to do is get it on one pay per view, and he's done better than the last few champions because yeah. it hasn't been on pay per view since. WrestleMania 37. That was Zack Ryder won it? No, that was when Apollo won it. WrestleMania 37. I forgot he bloody won I know, so did. I'm pretty sure, I'm sure. Whatever happened to General Aziz? I don't know, he buggered off. Yeah. But no, I mean, you you look at like that title. Even then, Benoit had it, Jericho had it, Angle had it. You know? You, you look at 2000, I think. Women's belt, maybe, even though Stephanie's wearing it, it's still not going to because she's not defending it up until the, recent, uh, the previous week. Yeah, but you look at the champions you had in that area. You had Trish, you had Lita, you had, you know. I'd say because of Crash and his antics, the, the lower ranking lower ranking bit goes light heavyweight, probably the very bottom, unfortunately. Who had that at the time? Dean Malenko. Oh, right, right. The very bottom, light heavyweight title. Then the women's belt, then the hardcore... <laughs> Just above the hardcore of the European title. Who had that, was it? Eddie Guerrero, right? Right. Who really isn't on this show. Mm. Also, they recap the qualifiers and they show the final 16 bracket, which is interesting. <coughs> one of the brackets in this next final 16, Eddie and China are going to have to face each other. Also, Rikishi and Scotty are going to have to face each other at one point. Was this well. when Rikishi, uh, it was this when Eddie and China had the whole Mamacita thing going? Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens, how this match actually goes down. Because uh, they stay together till at least. September, I, I, n- say. I never, ever, ever, ever liked that angle. Yeah. You know, I mean, none against Eddie, none against Eddie, and a little against China in this time period. You know, because I just, I preferred early China. You know, like hired assassin kind of China. I, I, I never, I never would consider myself before I started the series. Uh, like the biggest China fan that she's not my, like my top five yeah. women's wrestler or anything like but that. Yeah, you have to at least have a respect for her, you know. Yeah, basically what she did in that era. But watching, especially from like Jericho feud in November '99 onwards, I kind of grew more and more to like. I'm not sure how much I even like that China, and then I like Eddie as light heat steel. Yeah, yeah, Eddie yeah. Guerrero that I grew up with, but this Los Guerreros Eddie, and they they, they, do, they do well enough back and forth. But you know, it's not my favorite version of Eddie. Yeah. So I'm interested to see how that goes, and then you've got Rikishi and Scotty are going to have to fight each other in the King there. Was the China version of Eddie Latino Heat? They were referenced his Latino Heat. Well, and his, no, was, and his, that, was that his stupid entrance music? His theme song says it, but I don't think he think gets referred to it occasionally, but it's not a proper thing. Like He, when he's trying to woo him before he joins him, he goes, Oh, come on, you love my Latino Heat. But it was meant to. Eddie, oh, just like earlier in the year, the you know, run, that's what we're saying. I think she should have stuck with Mark Henry. <laughs> no, no, she shouldn't. <laughs> the ultimate battle of sex appeal Latino Heat versus sexual chocolate. Oh, it's the Latino Heat, he wins. The Latin heat. sexual chocolate heat. <laughs> the heat melts the sexual chocolate, so Eddie wins. <laughs>
Fire beats everything. As Joey Treviani would say. Uh, that is my response. That is disgusting. Yeah, but it was it was necessary. It really wasn't. But anyway, <laughs> so Steffi hits, uses women's belt. It has no effect. Rock hits the rock bottom, cannot fall off. Eventually goes to eventually goes to win the match. Yeah. Triple H gets involved and yeah. Yeah and again, main event. No clean finish. Yeah, screw finish. What I was let down by. Oh detail. Was Kane comes out. Oh yeah. Makes yeah. a save. Everyone Triple H, Road Dog, Xbox, Shane. Everyone's getting Ben War. Angle. Buchanan maybe. The the thing that annoyed me about the the particular thing that annoyed me about the main event finish, right? Like you say, you get Kane come in, make the save, but then Kane gets beat down, Rock gets beat down, and you're sitting there, and I, you can tell me if you agree with me on this one. You're sitting there and you're going, Taker's going to come out. Taker's going to do the big, like, he's been arrested, but it's going to be like, oh, he got out, he's come back. You, you like, you you seriously expect that. You think the Taker's going to come out? Yeah. Going to come down on the bike, going to come out, maybe take a fucking pipe off the bike, start laying out some like, fuckers. Like, uh, Dudley's are pretty much taken out, like, because they showed them against Stretcher Dolph. Yeah, 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 like, Dudley's are fucked. Kishi's out. Jericho's probably still out. All he got is water thrown on his face. Yeah, but where, he's still where's out. Je- where's Jericho? And yeah, the fans are like, Undertaker. Yeah. Und- like, everyone and- expected Undertaker to come out and make a big fucking... Like, he goes to Rock Bottom Rock. Okay, Undertaker's going to take a bit. Okay, he's Rock Bottom Rock. But he won't get to... Un- have the pedigree on Kane. Cause yeah, yeah, because that won't and- happen. And pedigree on Kane. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, so because cause the, fa- the faction got beat up on Raw, they must, by definition, get... Stand tall on SmackDown, apparently. Apparently. And like, oh, so like, I think we're so used to people getting arrested on WFTV that they expect them to immediately come back, like Austin would do and all the time, but, oh no, apparently the cells are still holding, uh, cells are still holding Taker at this point. It reminds me of an episode, I can't remember, I think it was late 99, start of 2000, where Mankind basically said, I'm going to go home, I'm going to leave now, I'm going to leave the arena. Then there was a big, did. And then there was a big angle later on, and I thought, okay, Mankind's going to come out during this angle, like, Oh, did he actually fuck off home? Mick did, Hulk, Mick Foley, did, did he leave? Yeah, Mick Foley actually left. Like, oh, Mick Foley clearly wanted a half day today. Hmm. We've all been there. But it was a really, it was a really, a really damp finish. You know, a really disappointing finish to the episode. There, there are elements that I was more positive on than you were, I think, during the episode. But I think the ending is a real, like, what lets the episode down. No, I, had, I, had, I did have elements I enjoyed. I really yeah. did, it really did disappoint me that there was only one clean finish in the ho- whole yeah. fucking show. Yeah. You know, but there was elements I enjoyed. You know I mean? I really loved the Hardys match. I mm-hmm. thought that was a solid match. Mm-hmm. I thought the Dudley's match was pretty solid. You know, I liked the whole shtick with Crash in the, yeah. in the, the stretches. Yeah. That was cool. There was lots of elements I enjoyed. I just... It was major issues for me. The whole, like, one clean finish and a really screwy main event finish. It just... It, it seemed weak. Yeah. You know? It seemed weak. I, I figured we could have done better. Yeah, but Paul, it's, now comes the point in the episode where we must give our rating, which, much like our usual reviews, is either a double thumbs up, a single thumbs up, thumb in the middle, thumb down, two thumbs down. Well, that's it. And, and then... Or a... Or a... No. Or a... <laughs> You know, and also, what if you could name if you had to give one thing on this show that you had to recommend to a person to watch back? If you could only recommend one thing, what would that mm, thing be? If I could only recommend, well, that's a hard one now. 
Because there, there is a couple of candidates. Uh-huh. I mean, if I was going to say, I could say the Hardys match because I think that was a really solid match overall, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, really good back and forth from both teams. Mm-hmm. But then again, I could also say the opening match, the Grandmaster mm-hmm. Sexy Edge match, because that was a decent match also. I, th- I think I'd have to say the Hardys match. I was good. If you uh-huh. if you wanted something from that show that was really going to like grip you, you know, yeah. where you're like, man, that is fantastic. Watch my Hardys match. I, I was, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Well, I think also has historical significance because of the formation of uh, Team Extreme in that. But I assumed you were going to take uh, the Scott A. D'Lo match because you were a big thing about, you know, the, the screen finish and that's the only one with a clean finish. So I'm surprised you took one of the matches. Oh, no, match I do finish. appreciate the Scotty match was a, a clean finish, you know. Yeah. But just because it's a clean finish doesn't mean I think it's the most, yeah. most you know, mm-hmm. impactful match on the show. It was a good match. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, there was lots of good spots in it, but it wasn't the best match on the show. Yeah. I mean, well, that, that in itself was a detriment because the one clean finish on the show isn't the best match. Where would your thumb be, though? Hmm. I would. I would give it like as. I would give it a solid thumbs up. I think. I think it was okay. Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't think it warrants a thumb in the middle. It was. A, it was a good show. Yeah. But just a lot of things could have been yeah. better handled. I think we're talking about. I think I was kind of high on it. I was kind of, oh, it's okay. And you were kind of like this. You were before this was kind of like this. Kind of sucked. The yeah. I think so you're talking about. I think we found a middle ground. More. Yeah, I think. More I think so. It. I think so. So I'm gonna get a middle kind of approach up. Approaching a middle kind of. Yeah, well, I'll give it. I'll give it a fair up. Yeah, you know? I mean, good because it's like better than last week's one, but again, not better than it's the one. It's not like one of those ones I say where I'm like, "Fuck yeah, like that." Yeah. Like, All right, I'll give you a thumbs up. It was no bad. Don't want to bring more bike. Maybe it's Undertaker, but twenty years too late for that to save that beat down. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'll fuck he's away again. I've, I've offended you. Have a fuck you. Splitter. Like it's not as. It's, it's better than last week's one, but not as good as the previous couple of weeks before that. Yeah, yeah. I had to recommend something. If it had to be a match, it would be maybe be between the Scotty match or the Kane Benoit match for me. Oh, that's mainly, fair. Mainly, well, mainly, that's fair. That's mainly, fair. Mainly to do something different for you because I did like the Hardy match. Well, you you are a little biased when it comes to Kane. Mm. <laughs> as a thing. But then over, I've had to think of an overall thing. I just see the last two crash and Stu Sims with Shaw. Just for the fact that you think even some wrestling fans don't even realise Samuel Jackson appeared on WWE. Yeah, yeah, that, it, that was pretty cool. That's an oddity, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's getting, it's getting like on that episode of SmackDown when Arnie was on it and got involved, you know? And I've not even heard anything about, about Samuel Jackson even being any kind of fan of wrestling, so even if he wasn't a fan of it and he was just doing it for the movie, you watch him, like, he doesn't seem like he's just falling at he's like, Yeah, he's he seems just, like he's having fun. But I mean, it's because he doesn't really need that much effort just to be cool because, you know, he's Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Totally. He's just cool. Royal cheese. <laughs> what do we call a Whopper? I don't know, I didn't go into Burger King. <laughs> anyway. You know, you know what we put on french fries and holland? Mayonnaise? Uh, I'm not joking, man. You fucking drown them in that shit. <laughs> anyway. I've got Pulp Fiction for you, eh? I love, love uh, Pulp Fiction. I love Pulp Fiction. But, Paul, we've come to the end of our Smackdown road, so... Aww. Unfortunately, we must ride in our Undertaker motorbikes that we've nicked and ride off into the. But he only sunset. has one. Okay, you need, fine. You need to put a sidecar on it. I'll okay. be in the sidecar. Okay, Paul, in the sidecar. Wear your helmet. Okay, can I drink? Because I'm not driving. No. Ah, oh, can I smoke? 
Maybe. We'll discuss it. Oh. Well, we must ride off from the from the SmackDown Hotel while the cleaners clean up a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm afraid of. But Paul, how do you how do you feel about the how have you have you enjoyed your time here? Oh yeah, have have have, have I impressed you with my efforts? I thought it was pretty good. We'll see what cool. the we'll see what the advisory committee thinks about I, it. I hope they don't hate me. Oh, I'll put in a good word for you. I love you, man. No, I love you, Terry. No, no, I love you, man. No, thank I... you. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening. Please check out our other episodes of Rogue Smash Review on the Rogue Opinion back catalog with Hell yeah. my other co-hosts I've had. Uh, check out Scott and Paul's Ram and Pogs on both on this yeah. feed and the our own on our this feed and our own feed. Uh, we've got episodes about uh, European Tale recently. Fraser. Fraser. Bugsling is part of our eclectic escapade where we look at Fraser actors outside of Fraser. Oh yeah, and we really did enjoy Bugs Life. Coming up talking about virtual wrestling reviews, we've got one a couple of years before this one where we're gonna be looking at very soon, we're gonna look at Royal Rumble nineteen ninety seven. Expect me to laugh and laugh and Laugh. Ha 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 all sorts on there. Follow us on Twitter at SPR and follow Rogue Opinions at Rogue underscore Opinions. Follow, follow me at Scott McCain 6 and like our Facebook page scottmccain6 at slash uh, 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 I have a much better phone now so I can actually properly respond to our fans if, if we have any. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be some cross promotion between the two feeds maybe. Yeah. Hopefully. I'll, I will happily respond. I will answer your questions. I'm a cool dude. Talk to me man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this could cool do be back on the next World Greatest Magic review. We'll have to wait and see. I tune, hope so. Tune Please love me and rate me. See you next time. Same Smackdown time, same Smackdown channel. See ya.